Welcome, everyone, to episode 111 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. We are all happy to be here. The whole gang is back after a uh, very great uh, holiday season, at least uh, uh, in, in my house. We'll find out if it happened in everyone else's houses. And New Year's was also rocking and super fun. Went out with my wife for New Year's for the first time since children. So what is that? Oh. Eight, nine years. So that was cool. Um, so before we get started, I um, want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thank you all very much for uh, supporting the show and contributing to the sound and video quality and also to just the feelings in our hearts. Uh, that is uh, mostly that way. We, we love having you guys. Yeah, that's that's the the, the real kicker. Um, also want to uh, take a moment to shout out a handful of other shows from friends of ours and just people that we're listening to. These are people that a lot of uh, listeners of ours are probably already familiar with. But uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, mention uh, our, our friends, uh, Pam and Michelle, doing the, the point and drink adventure. That's been a fun listen for me. Um, I fell behind a little bit. I'm catching up. Um, I know Pam is at MAGFest uh, right now. She's uh, nice. uh, met up with a friend of mine uh, down there, which I've been to MAGFest once. I'd love to make it back down there. So I uh, hope you guys are having fun down there. Uh, the return of the Press Playcast, uh, Rich and Sean, uh, they recorded this show several months ago. Uh, we spoke to, to Rich, and he said just life's been so crazy busy. He hasn't been able to edit it and get it out. It was great hearing them again. Uh, and Rich uh, uh, made me, uh, you know, homesick for uh, North Carolina because he talked about our visits, uh, and it really felt like a, a another home there, visiting with a friend. So it's great to hear that. Um, speaking of Sean, he recorded the first show in a new series called Two LPs in a Pod." Uh, I really, really enjoy listening to uh, Sean and Rich talk about music. They have that concert cast segment where they just kind of take their love of music and they, you know, incorporate it into their show, which is part of the reason of renaming the, uh, uh, the play cast to the press play cast. So when Sean said that he was, uh, starting this other musical venture, and if anyone wanted to listen to him talk more about music and I said, yes, I do. So I listened to that. It's great. So that's quite a bit shorter, uh, than, uh, yeah, this show <laughs> and the uh, press playcast. So if anyone's interested in just hearing about some cool new music, uh, two LPs in a pod, uh, first episode is out and it's awesome. And we got to mention uh, Shoot the Corecast, um, our buddies uh, Metal Frown Addicted, talking about shmups, uh, which admittedly is not one of my strongest genres, um, but uh, it doesn't mean I don't like listening to it and figuring out how I will go about shmupping. Well, if you listen to uh, it more eventually. often, it will become your strongest genre. Yeah. <laughs> how 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 couldn't it with uh, experts like that? Uh, so, yeah. So that gets through just kind of uh, shout outs to friends and things that uh, maybe you want to uh, get into listening to. Uh, and we're going to shake up the intro just a little bit. Um, we typically will go, uh, you know, one of us will do kind of their their, you know, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? What did you pick up? What did you listen to? But just to kind of keep everyone involved, we're going to do everyone's pickups and then we'll switch to games and music and then we'll switch to what we're watching so just to kind of keep it flowing like that um are you guys okay if i start with pickups please do all right so uh like i mentioned we just came out of the uh the holiday season we celebrate christmas in our house so very merry christmas uh, to all of you if you celebrate even if you don't um, so uh, the RF Generation Secret Santa uh, was a uh, another raging success this year. So I got a package, uh, you know, obviously since I participated. And so when I, my package shows up, I have my wife open it 
just to tell me, are the contents gift wrapped? So opened up, she looked at it, laughed out loud, <laughs> and, then, and then said, no, it's not wrapped. So I said, okay, then just scotch tape it and, you know, put it on the windowsill. So Christmas morning came, I did a little, uh, uh, you know, opening uh, uh, unboxing video. I posted it. Uh, in the uh, RF Gen Secret Santa thread. So if you wanted to see my dumb face uh, opening a Christmas present, you can do that uh, on RF Gen. So uh, my Secret Santa uh, decided to reveal his secret identity. So uh, I was able to, I know, yeah, and some as some people choose to do, um, signed his letter, Disposed Santa. So I guess it's not his exact username, but I'm very close to cracking the code on this one. Uh, so very, th- very big thanks to Dispose Santa. Um, so I got Brett Hull Hockey 95 for the Super <laughs> NES, which I can tell from your raucous laughter you're super jealous about. I just know. I just picture like whoever gets you being so excited. They're like, I can unload this stuff from my collection that's yep. in here. I don't want. Well, well, the note from Dispose Santa, like which why my wife was laughing. It was like, ew, sports games. Who wants these? Oh, Wild Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm just happy that whoever you know gets matched with me, they're like, yes, I can give all these things away <laughs> that no one will buy from me. Um, so yeah, Brett Hall Hockey '95 was a good one because somehow I had the box and manual, but not the cart. I think there was a seller at uh, Retro Worlds that had like tons of bo- like empty boxes. Um, so that was a really cool cart to get because it completed that one. Got 2K7 and 2K9 for the PS2 and ESPN NHL Hockey for the OG Xbox, which is actually a, a, a one that I used to love. I had two uh, roommates in uh, my college days who were from Chicago, so they were we played that all the time. They were always the Blackhawks. I was always the Rangers. How far did the two Ks go on the PS2? Uh oh, sorry. The um the two Ks, two K nine. That's insane. So I'm th- so I'm thinking ten because the Wii had two K ten. I think it was a Wii. Ex- there was a Wii exclusive. I think it was two K ten. Eleven. I'm telling you, like, I forgot it was a Wii exclusive and I'm like looking, you know, kind of doing my research and looking. And then like, it was actually in North Carolina that I found a copy of it with Rich. And I'm like, why is this game like 15 or 20 something dollars? And then like, I, I, you know, kind of looked it up and it's like, it's only for, and then I looked, I did a little further and it's like, yeah, this was a Wii exclusive. And I was like, how did I forget this? So yeah, it's Ryan Kessler uh, on the front Vancouver Canucks. So it's probably uh, really collectible up in the uh, the northwest uh, in the in your realm, uh, Krabby. Everyone's kind of hoarding that copy up there. So it looks like two K ten might be the latest one for uh, for PS two. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I don't think eleven made it that far because two K. Yeah, I'm really way more familiar with the early two Ks, like up to seven, and then I kind of. After I think that because that's when I, I switched back over to EA in 08 when they added the skill stick. Once they added skill stick, I was like, because I was a big 2K guy from from 2K, 2K one, two, three, four, and then when NHL 08 added the skill stick, where your left stick is your player's movement and your right stick is actually like controlling your hockey stick, it added a level of control that just could not be matched with press a button to pass, press a button to shoot, like it's. It, it, it really drew the line between like 2K is now like an arcade style game and this is a simulation style game. So really never look back after that. But yeah, that sounds about right is is around 10 would be the latest there. So and my uh, uh, 
another 2K piece of trivia. 2K2 was the last game released for the Dreamcast. Yeah. If you don't count like some of the, you know, kind of, I don't know what the word would be, uh, kind of like these, like the homebrew you know, stuff? yeah, like homebrew or like not truly official, you know, releases that, you know, came out after after that. But yeah, 2K2 is the last game released at retail. The cover athlete is Chris Drury, whose father was my coach in Bridgeport when I was a Pee Wee. So, Whoa. yeah, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon all over the place. So, uh, yeah, so again, thanks, uh, Dispose Santa. Um, some of my favorite uh, little acquisitions and during Christmas time, uh, I'm super excited about Heat 2. Uh, I think you guys are both familiar with the uh, Michael Mann film. Yeah. So did you know that Michael Mann made a sequel? I did not. I only knew of the first Heat. It's because it's not a movie. It's a novel. And it is awesome. So it is, um, so it's written by Michael Mann and, um, I guess you wouldn't call it a ghostwriter because her name's on it. So it's like co-written by, you know, someone who's an actual author. So it, you know, reads like a novel and it's not, you know, done by a beginner. Um, so I was a little bit kind of, I was, you know, cautiously optimistic. I looked at some reviews and there were like, oh no, this, this is fantastic. If you like the movie, you'll love this. So it's about 500 pages. I'm a hundred pages into it. It's phenomenal. And it, it picks up right from where he leaves off with Chris, um, you know, uh, escaping the, the situation that the, the movie ends with. And it also has like, it goes, it jumps back to like late eighties when Macaulay is, you know, still around and, you know, Hannah's kind of still a cop in Chicago so it seems like it's not just a sequel, but it also is a prequel, and it also jumps to the time frame that Heat took place in '95 ish. So there, you get like extra material, like supplemental stuff that like happened during the movie. So um, I'm super, super excited uh, to get further into it. So, uh, but yeah, if you're a fan of the Michael Mann film, keep an eye out for the uh, the novel uh, Heat Two. Um, I got a beautiful guitar strap with some Schaller strap locks from my mother-in-law. Um, it really is is gorgeous. So that was very, very cool. Got some Steam gift cards, um, which I was thinking about putting towards the dock. But I have a USB-C dock that I think I can make work. So I might just hang on to the Steam gift cards for some actual games in the new year. Got a little cologne, which is always nice. Uh, smell uh, nice and uh, spicy. Um I got my Destiny Splicer hoodie, which I included in this, even though it was something that I bought for myself because I bought it last August and they shipped me the hoodie. It was way too big because like their sizing guide was off and it took them this long to like get me another one. So uh, I'm just I'm happy to have it, even though it took like, you know, a year and a half. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, my wife got me an Apple AirTag because I lose things. So I've already found my keys like twice with it. <laughs> so that's an appropriate gift. Um, and I want to mention uh, uh, some pickups that I got, a pickup that I got from uh, one of our friends and patrons, uh, Engineer Mike. So Engineer Mike, uh, great dude. Um, uh, he, like a lot of people, his stance on the next-gen consoles was, I will buy one when I can walk into a store and pay cash for one, which I think is great. That's awesome. I think a lot of people have that sentiment. Like I'm sick of the jumping on, you know, through hoops online and going through, click on the thing that's a fire hydrant. Okay, great. Like, oh, it's not in your cart anymore. Like I, I feel that because I've, you know, I've, I've been there. So 
And I'm sure he had a lot of people, you know, past couple of years, like, you know, you know, like, I don't know how long that's going to be. And he was like, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. So good for you, Mike, because Mike won. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> so he was able to acquire the, uh, the PS5. You get the God of War Ragnarok system, which uh, I've been looking for for a little. I've had a PS, uh, what do you call it? The PlayStation Store. Is that what you call it? I've had a PlayStation Store gift card that I got for my birthday last year. So I've had it for a year. Um, just kind of like waiting for like a good deal or an exclusive or something like that. So like this is the one that I'm like, all right, like I'll spend it on this. But, you know, the game on the PlayStation Store is, you know, $70 or, or whatever, like full price for a PS5 game is. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just wait a year or two. Right. So when Mike said that he actually was you know, not interested in keeping this copy, uh, uh, Chris and I had not really a duel, but we were, you know, both interested. So Chris was like, oh, I'll take it. And I was like, oh, I'll take it. And then I was like, oh, I didn't realize Chris spoke first. And Chris is like, oh, no, yeah, you after you. Oh, no, after you. <laughs> so we kind of had this after you battle for a little bit. And then Chris was like, honestly, like Bill prefers digital. If he wants it, he can have it. So I, I pinged Mike and I'm like, hey, like, you know, is this this you want to do this? So uh, and Mike was so cool. He was like going to mail the card to whoever wanted it. And I was like. That's really nice of you to offer. I don't I don't need the card. You can just, you know, I'm fine with the code. And obviously being a good guy and a friend, he sent the code over. And he's like, hey, you know, send the bucks like whenever you get a chance. So uh, that was awesome of him. And uh, so I will talk about that once I start playing it. Uh, and I'll talk about what I'm playing when we get to the next uh, segment of, uh, you know, playing. So we'll get through all that. But yeah, shout out to Mike and Chris uh, for just being gentlemen and uh, scholars. Um, I also wanted to mention, uh, this is a free game that everyone is able to get right now, uh, but one I've been interested in a while, Kerbal Space Program, which is this kind of quirky little game where you play as, I'm not quite sure, is it an alien race or this, you know, simplistic look, they're, they're almost like, kind of like, you know, alien looking creatures. The point of the game is to launch a rocket ship. And I think, I don't know if the point is to just to get to space or to actually like land on the moon. It's, it's one of the two, but it's supposed to be like super, super intricate and detailed and really, really, really hard just to get to the point where you can actually, you know, launch a rocket without it fizzling and, you know, flying and exploding. So watching video, like if you know what the game is about, uh, it's put, like there's there's videos that people show of them like launching the rocket and get into space and the comments are just like how did you do this <laughs> so it's it just seems like a not really a whole lot of other things out there like it and I've always been curious about it um, the last PAX East I went to they did a behind closed doors preview of Kerbal Space Program two which has been on my radar and is still on my radar but now this is great getting the first one for free is going to be really cool so if anybody out there is on the Epic uh, Game Store. Um, go ahead and just claim this game. Or if you're not, just, you know, make an account, claim it, because you never know. Maybe you'll <laughs> get a thing someday you can put your Epic games on. Um, yeah, so that about does it for pickups. I will kick it over to Kelsey to uh, tell us what has been, well, first of all, what's been going on over at uh, his neck of the woods and what he's picked up. Um, just some, we stayed home for Christmas this year, so it was pretty low-key. Um, we went for a sleigh ride with the, we, we've got some neighbors that's their first Christmas in Canada. So they came with us. They spent Christmas day with us as well as my parents. Um, that was really nice. It was really good. Um, we had some friends over for New Year's and we just 
chatted and played a stupid little card game and uh, we watched matilda the musical uh which was actually mm. pretty fun pretty good um but i got my first like ever i know i've been an adult for a long time but i got like my first adult <laughs> christmas present that i'm like really happy about my parents like we have we haven't really done christmas presents with my parents for a while but the last two years they're like we're getting you something so if you don't tell me what you want you're not going to get something you like and so mm. like, what do you want this year and i was like my frying pan sucks i need a new frying pan i guess they got me the most amazing frying pan i've ever had in my life <laughs> and i don't under i didn't know frying pans could be this good and i'm very excited about it and i i typically eat about four eggs a day and i've been eating at least that every day since christmas morning i haven't broken a single yolk yet flipping in this frying pan and i used to think i'm like i eat so many eggs like i should be better at flipping these it was my old crappy frying pan and i didn't realize that that's so funny i i'm 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 not gonna be able to let sarah hear this show because she's always telling me you you know the reason (laughs) is because our stuff is crappy and i'm like no like we're just we're just we're doing grilled cheese we're doing we're not you know cooking for a restaurant here like who cares what pots and pans we have but if she finds out oh the pan makes a big difference i it's think i'm gonna be out day. some pan like, money i hand wash this thing every time i'm done because i'm like it can't go in the dishwasher like this thing needs to last <laughs> the rest of my life because i might never find that's awesome one. um so i'm very excited about can, can, can you pan. can you share the uh brand are you are you sponsored by them I, or i don't know it i'll i'll find out for you personally okay. and send you a message because yeah. i can't remember yeah no for sure it wasn't one i was familiar with okay so it's not a name that jumped out at you i, I don't know cooking where to begin with so maybe it's a name people know gotcha. i just don't know well it's funny because like my mom like you know we'll be taught like we'll be you know talking about if she's like cooking or something and if someone just mentions like oh i really like that she'll she'll oh it's an all clad you know like she's kind of <laughs> right. into the so you know it could be that the, recognizable the to someone bit. who's in the know but i am not in the know gotcha Gotcha. Very cool. Uh, so yeah. yeah, frying pan was wasn't expecting frying pan, nope. but yeah, but hey, I, glad you're happy. I wasn't expecting about about being this excited about it. Like it's, it's two <laughs> weeks after, and it's still think about it every day. Can't wait to cook. That's awesome. Cook breakfast in the morning. Um, yeah, my my son and I um, were both into manga a little bit, and so for Christmas mm. he he knew I really liked the first couple big deluxe volumes of Berserk that I had bought myself last year. And so he went to find the third one, and they didn't have it. So he bought me the fourth one. <laughs> now I have to, I just ordered today the third one online so that I could read the fourth one that he got me, and I'm very excited about that. Um, I I thought there was less of them than there are, but there's a lot. I'm 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 gonna have to spend a lot of money if I want to keep going on this series because there's like more than a dozen of these giant deluxe collections of this book. Really? Yeah, I've I've heard the title. I don't know if I've ever seen it. You know, like at at a, cause I I don't you know kind of peruse that section of the of the book where the comic store. So what like what's the size of it? Are we talking like a big oh, thick yeah. you know like omnibus like type thing? Okay. Yeah, like it's like oh, okay. thicker. Like you see those Marvel omnibuses? Like add like fifty yes. percent to that, and it's like that big. Wow. And there's like I don't and know fourteen at, of them or something like that. Sixteen. Wow. And yeah, they're not cheap, but they're awesome really good so i'm excited to have two more to read uh, in a few days here when number three shows up very cool um and the only gaming thing that we had i got so i got my daughter a pink uh 
DualSense controller for the PS5 uh, a couple months back because they were really cheap, so we grabbed one really quick. And I wanted to get her her own colored one, either purple or pink, so we got the pink. Uh, and I, I ordered a game at the start of December, and it was supposed to be here. I ordered it through the, the place I'm doing part-time work at. And like we called the distributor like, hey, I just want to make sure you have this, and it's in stock because it's Christmas gift. Um, and so he, the guy goes, looks, he's like, I've got it. It's right here on the shelf. It's going to come in your next order. We get the next order and it's not there. So we call him. We're like, what happened? He's like, it's still on the shelf here. Like we just forgot to put it in the box. So oh. they finally sent it. We got it now. I, I specifically asked him for that because I wanted to give it to her with the controller. So she had something cool to play. Um, the game I'm talking right. about, I don't think I actually mentioned it, Stray. Um, which I thought uh, would be a fun one to play through with her because we haven't had something new that we've gone through in a while. So finally showed up. So the last two days, uh, we put some time into it. Last night, we put about an hour and a half in, and today, I think we put two more hours in. And it's really interesting. Um, and mm. uh, really, she's really into the cat aspect of it. She's, she's having fun role-playing as a cat. Uh, one of the things you could do whenever you're near like a a door or a rug or a curtain or something you can you can scratch it and like as long as you want <laughs> you can just keep scratching it if you are and every time we get to a place where she can do that she stops looking at the tv and she turns her head and looks directly at me and then starts doing it and i, I didn't pick that up at first but she's doing it because that's what our cat does when he goes to the couch he like looks make sure he's looking <laughs> at you and then starts scratching the couch and you're like, get out of here stop scratching the couch that's funny yeah uh, but it's kind of got these like little moments of like horror elements to it, which is th they're not intense for like she's six, uh, almost seven. So they're right at the verge of what she can handle and what she enjoys because she actually likes monsters and, and dragons. And so she likes being a little bit spooked. Um, so it's like the perfect level for where she's at for that kind of stuff where she's just like, you you do it, dad, like throw the control over at me kind of thing. And and. We, we did it it's funny because she has uh you have to like mash uh circle really quickly to escape these things that are trying to i don't even know what they're doing to you yet um but you gotta like shake them off you and so she can't mash quick enough but she still wants to like do the running and stuff so we put one hand each on the controller she gets the left side so she can direct the cat and then i can uh, mash the button with the other side to uh, get these things shaken off her so it's, it's kind of fun to two player one controller Um, nah, yeah, that's pretty much it for, for pickups. A frying pan, a book, and one game. <laughs> hey, that's that's still solid. And it's, uh, so when you mentioned, you know, that, like, her being spooked and like, oh, I can't have the controller off, you do this. It just reminded me of, uh, we didn't actually finish Luigi's Mansion 3. The boys really liked it. They like, you know, Gooigi and, like, <laughs> uh, the whole, like, you know, mood of the game. But I, I forget, there was like some enemy, and I forget exactly which one it was or what the mechanic was, but I think it's one that they couldn't see, and you have to do the flashlight to like make them visible yeah. before you can fight them, and they it freaked them out not being able to see it. <laughs> um, so like when they knew there was one in the area, they would like throw the controller at oh, me, no. like, you get him. So yeah, definitely been there. So, uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll jump into, um, just what I've been playing. And, uh, so, uh, I tried to keep notes since the last show just, uh, so be kind of accurate. So I was playing quite a bit of final fantasy seven 
And part of this came from the fact that I really wanted to buy Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I couldn't decide between spending, you know, getting it for like the extra $10 off on Epic and kind of like, you know, adding it manually on the Steam Deck or just getting the Steam Deck version for 10 extra bucks. And I'm just going through these thoughts of like, why is it, why am I so cheap? Like, why don't I just spend the extra 10 bucks? Like, it's $10, like, whatever. So while I was thinking of that, I was like, why don't I just play the one that I already have? So I played a whole <laughs> bunch of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. yeah now you're even cheaper. The, you're like, why am I being so cheap? Ex- Wait, I can be the cheapest. Exactly. And and still having fun. So um, I played quite a bit of that. I got through the uh, uh, the Yuffie stuff, did Wutai, um, got to um, the uh, uh, Temple of the Ancients, finished that. And now I'm just kind of like... Uh, uh, putzing around before I go up, you know, to continue the storyline. And that's kind of where I was like, you know what, like, let, let me, you know, let me save this. I'll pause this for a while. I've, I've played this before. Um, let me, let me, you know, do something else. Cause thinking about going into the new year and thinking about how much I liked playing Final Fantasy VI on the Steam Deck, I was like, let me actually play another Final Fantasy game that I have, that I want to start, that I, you know, have, have been wanting to go after. So that's about the time that I pinged Chris and I was like, hey, what was the version of Final Fantasy IV that you told me I should play? Because I remember that there was like a title. It was like Final Fantasy IV something. And he was like, oh, it's the PSP one. I was like, oh, I could have sworn there was like a name. But so like I fired it up on the PSP emulator on the Steam Deck and you get to the titles, the main screen, and there's three options there. It's like Final Fantasy IV, then Interlude, and then the After Years. And I'm like, oh, that's what I was thinking of, the After Years, which is probably like a little epilogue type thing. So fired up Final Fantasy four and stuck like I've fired up a lot of games that I play for like, you know, an hour here or there. And then I don't really stick with it. And I was like, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to keep going. So started it um, and I've stuck with it. I've got about 12, 13 hours into Final Fantasy four so far. And I've got some thoughts. Uh, They're uh, uh, they're mostly good. Um, I'm having fun with it. And I got to tell you, it like I've gone and looked at footage of the Super Nintendo game. And man, am I happy I'm playing the PSP version because that is an ugly game on uh, uh, the OG. It looks like a Nintendo game. Well, it was even originally it's like, supposed to be an NES game, a Famicom it looked, game, I, and they, they just flopped it over. I could tell because, man, it does not look good. And I got to tell you the opposite. It looks awesome on the PSP. It's got this, like, I don't know what the word is for it, but, like, not totally Octopath Traveler, where like when you're moving, like the the dimensions of certain objects change, but like a little bit of that's going on, like on the world map in the in the game. And even though it's kind of sprite style graphics, there'll be like full on like sprite 3D, you know, like rendered effects with like magic spells and like the darkness that uh, that Cecil can uh, can grant uh, uh, cast rather. Um, so uh, I'll probably have some more, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, full notes on it as I continue to get further into it. But again, about 12 hours in, C- Cecil's a weird name <laughs> for a <laughs> for a main character in a Final Fantasy game. Also, it is really weird that he's got no face for a while. Uh, and uh, the, the story's pretty cool and it doesn't take a long time to develop. It's like you're this kind of, you know, head head of this you know, like the, the highest knights in this, you know, like emperor's army. And you got like a, you know, a, a friend who's like, you're next in command and you're doing stuff. And like really quickly, it's like, I don't think we should be doing this. Like this really isn't very good. And then you go back and talk to him and he's like, Oh, how dare you even think about the, you know, so then kind of gets, gets rid of you. And so, uh, 
you're kind of figure out really quickly that there's an influence going on there. And then uh, there's, uh, oh, well, someone's trying to steal the crystals. You get to like the next place that has a crystal and it just gets bombarded and the crystal is stolen. And you it's I don't know if this is like a common thing, but like I feel like in the later Final Fantasy games that I'm more familiar with, it's not super common for like party members to like come in so frequently or like or leave like so i feel like in this game join the party left the party <laughs> join join the party uh left the party again jo- join 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 oh they've decided to leave the party and then you start going somewhere uh that guy fell off a boat left the party <laughs> and then you get somewhere and it's like oh one of the guys is back jo- join the party so it's very <laughs> join the party left the party um and then uh uh i'm having uh not a hard time i would say but the, the battle system is not forgiving in a way that, like, you've got characters that just are z- worth zero in a fight if they have to physically attack something. So they, like, have to use their magic or else they're going to do, like, one to four damage, which is fine. That's, that's their role. But then you'll get in these fights where it's, like, every character, like, cannot be dealt with with magic or have to be dealt with with... Um, uh, you know, like a physical attack or whatever. So like I and I am finding just kind of weird quirks where like I'll have two people that can cast fire and I'll cast fire and it does like 110 damage and I'll cast fire with the other one and it does like 900 damage. And I'm like, man, the stats make such a difference. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of all over the place. Tella and one thing is that really bothers pretty broken early on. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and one thing that uh, that uh, bugged me just recently to the point where I I don't usually speak out loud when playing games, but I think I yelled. It was like, oh come on, is early on. Well, not I guess not early on. Ten eight to ten ish hours in, depending on how fast you play. You, there's a class change, so I've spent some time getting some experience on this character, and then I get to the top of a mountain. I do a fight. I do a secret non-action that allows me to prove that I am (laughs) non-violent. And then they're like, all right, you win. Here's the next step of the game. Like, all right, sounds good. And then I get into a fight and I win that fight. And it said, this character gained a level. I'm like, oh, cool. And then immediately in the same battle, this character gained a level. I'm like, how did they gain two levels in one fight? And then I check. It's because the character change or the class change brought me from level 24 to level one (laughs) because... It like reset, and I was like, dude. Some of your stats I would under- carry over, though. So, yeah, and and because my HP was still super high, I still felt like I was doing decent attacks. So, once I kind of realized that, I was like, oh, I guess this isn't that bad. Plus, since you're so low, like you gain levels very yeah. quickly, so it gets you to like 15 fairly quick. But I'm still just like, I work to get to like 25. I like the big <laughs> so. numbers too. Yeah, that drives me nuts, and it happens a lot in the Dragon Quest games. Every time you, oh, really? you switch class or switch jobs, uh, you start at one. And to get any of the good jobs in the game, you have to like get up to like level 20 to 30 with like three different jobs. So you have to like reset yourself to one like four or five times during That's, the game. And it, wow. it's, very it's pretty normal for games with job systems, though. So Really? Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's just not something I'd really ever encountered that I can remember. So, but anyway, I'll, I'll stop going on about four. Um, so, again, overall glad i'm playing it it's interesting at the same and and honestly like every time every time i play it i'm like this game looks really good and i'm i'm happy with a lot of aspects of it 
at the same time, like as I'm playing it, I'm like, well, you know, there's a reason why everyone in the world doesn't mention it as their favorite game. Cause like they can't all be six, you know, it, they can't all I be, you know, get like the villain from four and five mixed up. Is this the one with X death? Galbez. Okay. That's not the final, which I assumed was not the final. <laughs> yeah. I won't say who the final is, but you know, okay. Yeah. So, and the, cause the thing is the, the, the guy who's like running, is it Baron? Like, cause you're like a knight of Baron yeah. when you first start. So like the guy, like the emperor, I don't think is Galbez. And then they're like, oh, like Galbez is like taking over. But like, I still kind of had a feeling. I was like, I don't think this is the guy, but that's the, that's the person. Cause right now it's Sa- Sage Tella, right? Sage is like, oh, I just like, and also you get to the top of that mountain and he's like, oh, I have remembered 40 spells and I know Meteor now. And it's like, oh, you know Meteor? It's like, yeah, so how, I'm just going to go use Meteor on him. And you're like, it'll kill you. And he's like, it doesn't matter as long as he's dead. And I'm like, none of this sounds like it's going in a good way. So I think <laughs> we have some. He's senile. That's kind of like his character. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So. But you know, it was, you know, it was awesome. The scene in the um, crystal room at the top of that mount, which is like Mount Ordeals, I think it is. Yeah is mm. so cool because of the reflections when you're in there. It's all, like, glassy and mirror-y. Um, I don't know if the the Super Nintendo or earlier versions had that, like, mirror thing going on, but after the battle where you do the class change, there's this kind of little scene in there. And that's another thing that bothers me is usually to advance text in a game, you have to press a button. Pressing the directional pad or the analog stick, if you're using that, in any direction will advance the text. So sometimes I'm just like pressing it just because I am walking forward towards someone and then I'll like engage text and the text will just start scrolling. And I'm like, whoa, I totally <laughs> missed unrepeatable, know. you know, thing that this person told me. So I've got to be really careful. So I thought it was weird that the directional pad will advance text in this game. I don't remember. I wonder if I can turn that off. Yeah, I don't remember that part. So... Yeah, maybe. it might be an option in the PSP menu that I can look at. Yeah, or maybe it's an emulator thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, imp- yeah, input like typically input wise, it's like you map the input. You know, I'll I'll take a look at the input mapping. But I yeah, just wondered I, I, because on the PSP you've got the D pad and you have the analog stick, right? And I don't know right. how that stuff's mapped. Yeah, yeah. So it's possible that if the I'll, I'll have to try it with the D because I've been using, I was using the D pad and I kind of moved to the analog stick. So I wonder if the analog stick does it and the D pad doesn't. So I'll, I'll have to check that out and get back. But yeah, overall, uh, interesting. I think the darkness ability uh, was really cool while I had it, especially when there was like a lot of enemies. You would take that HP hit to, you know, kind of put that attack out there. Um, uh, some really cool, you know, like elements of like, you know, relationships like with Rosa and with, um, you know, the, the girl that you save from the, uh, the city, like with, um, that like you like burn to the ground, but like you save this girl. And like, so it does really seem like that kind of final fantasy style cast of characters from like all kind of different walks of life type thing. So, yeah. So, but I won't ramble too much more about it, but um, that's gonna. We're, we'll talk about that more in resolutions, uh, as far as like what I'll be doing with my gaming for the coming year. So, yeah. So it's good so far. So, um, uh, speaking of Steam Deck, uh, which I mentioned earlier, Burnout Paradise, which was a big surprise. Um, I had you know kind of gone through my list of games, and this was one that the the game rating for Steam Deck will either say like yes, like green check, everything works, 
It'll be yellow, like playable, but you might have to do a thing, which is almost always a lot of games have launchers that come up that require a mouse to click on something. So a lot of times that yellow thing is just when you launch the game, you just have to touch the screen and just say play. And then you never have to do it again. But that that you only get the green check mark if you can do it completely with like controller based controls. So that yellow usually just means you got to touch the screen. And then sometimes it's like text can be very small. So you might have to magnify or if you have to enter, it says entering text may require you to manually invoke the on-screen keyboard, which is like the steam button plus X. So like stuff like that. And then the next one is like, next one is untested. So it's like, eh, maybe, maybe not. And the last one is incompatible, does not work. So Burnout Paradise was listed as incompatible, does not work. I'm like, oh, okay, so I didn't even bother. And then I forget what got me onto it, but it, like someone on the Steam Deck Reddit mentioned it, or I think I might have installed this add-in that that adds um, Steam Proton badges. Because so Proton is basically the abstraction layer that's in between. Linux and the game that like has, you know, that compatibility layer. So when you launch a game, you can go in the background and you can say, okay, for this game, use Proton version 7, 6.9, 6.8, 6.7, because certain ones will have like better compatibility than others. So I put this add-in on that shows like, you know, the Proton badge for the game. And I think that's what it was. And I covered over Burnout Paradise and it was green, like everything works. I'm like, that's the opposite of what Steam's saying. So I downloaded it. I started running it. I played it for like two hours across a couple of days. Everything works. And this, I'm not going to say it's a game changer for me because I already have the Steam Deck and I love it. But man, being able to pop into Burnout Paradise and just like, you know, do a quick thing in one of my favorite games, uh, that's super cool. Um, so I mentioned that I would talk about this before. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two is the reason I have not started God of War uh, Ragnarok. Um, I want to finish, you know, kind of what I've what I've already started. Um, I played a ton of The Last of Us 2 when I acquired it for like 10 bucks at Best Buy, whatever it was, uh, like a month or so ago. Really enjoying it. Um, it's not a game that I always feel good playing because the story is so yeah. like emotionally tearing. Like there's there's not a lot of thing. There's there's a whole bunch of scenes that like just don't make you feel good, right? So it's kind of this weird line for me where it's like why would I play something that doesn't make me feel good? But I mean, the the story is something that I care about the resolution of. So like I've, I've pushed through and I do find myself feeling, you know, better more often than not great. But like, that's kind of the point of the game is like, it's, it's a harrowing ordeal. So, um, I did, you know, for, for a little while kind of find it difficult to like, uh, turn it back on and like, you know, see, you know, see what the next thing is. And I feel like the game knows this because there's a handful of times where like right when it kind of feels hopeless, they do like a flashback sequence <laughs> to like a happier time where like, you know, certain characters that are no longer alive are alive again. And they're just hanging. Even though there's a zombie, not not a zombie apocalypse, but even though there's like an infectious disease apocalypse, we can still find some time to go do these, you know, fun things. And uh, one of the flashbacks was completely all good and then like it starts turning bad and it's oh I wonder what's gonna happen and it kinda ends. The next one does just completely turn bad and then you actually have to take over and there's like, you know, some fights and some battles. Um 
it's one of the best looking games uh, that I've played on that platform, and it's a PS4 game. Uh, I assume that there's been some PS5 upgrades to it because it looks phenomenal. I was just going to ask because I've been kind of waiting yeah. to hear about that a PS5 version before I grab it, yeah. and I, I don't think I've heard about that yet. Because I didn't see anything on it that was like, oh, like, you know, texture pack upgrade or whatever, but I'm telling you, like, the game launches, and I'm like, and I've thought about this other times I've played Naughty Dog games, right when they start off, I'm like, nothing looks like this game like whenever i play a naughty whether i like the game or not i feel like they have a stranglehold on how to make games look good and i felt that a little bit uh for the first god of war um even though that was a uh a ps4 game um just like the naughty dog game was um i didn't i didn't feel it as strongly and maybe because it's you know so you know, bleak and snowy and like there's not like a whole lot of, you know, city and, and like, you know, cars and like other stuff to kind of come in. But man, Last of Us 2, honestly, is one of the best looking things I've played on that PS5 so far. Um, so, yeah, when that's done, I will get to Ragnarok. Um, I mentioned wanting to play Deathloop on a previous episode. I have installed it, so that's ready. Again, trying to finish what I start, trying really hard not to go to other things, but it's there. Nice. Um, I ended up getting... Death Stranding from Epic Games. There was a little bit of a uh, hullabaloo or uh, how, whatever the you know how, however you say that, um, because when at, right when the Epic Games a free game came up, it was Death Stranding director's cut, and it was very hard for people to get onto the site and things weren't working. And then some time went by and then it got better. But someone realized, oh wait, it's just the regular version now. It's not the director's cut. So the statement came out from Epic. They're like, yeah, it was supposed to be just the regular edition, not the director's cut. That was a mistake. We're sorry. We're looking into, you know, how we can fix this. As far as I know, they haven't fixed it. And, you know, you, you, like people who claim the director's cut were I, I saw I've seen both. I've seen people who were like, I've been downgraded to the standard edition. And I've also seen uh, no, I've, I've I claimed it and like I still got it. So like, who knows? But um the one I claimed, I think I got an email that says, oh, you've got like director's cut, but then like the regular was in my library. So I ended up, and then because of the sale, it was only like an extra $5 to go to the director's cut, which was probably the original intention is like, if we give the regular away, we'll sell a whole bunch of director's cut upgrades. Um, the director's cut adds uh, a bunch of content like director's cuts normally do, but also like, and I haven't played the game, so I can't really speak to this, but they, uh, there's like additional game functionality that's supposed to like really improve certain aspects of the game the big one for me is the uh uh support for ultra wide monitors is in the director's cut not in the standard so i was like well there you go i'll pay the five bucks for ultra wide support the director's cut is still such a ridiculous name to tack on specifically to that game to a game uh, a hideo kojima game who had complete control over the initial release of the game Oh, can I can I do what I want now? Okay, great. Here's the director's <laughs> cut version. Yeah, I totally am with you. So, um, but anyway, I'm I'm glad to have it. I did install it on the Steam Deck, and it launches. It plays. I do think I'm gonna completely remove it from the Steam Deck and just play on the ultra wide, mainly because, um, from what I've played so far, there's enough small detail while you're going through the world and small things to read that I just feel like it's going to be a better experience on the big screen. Uh, but I'm glad that I got it. 
Um, I also, after chatting with a few of you guys on Discord, installed Cyberpunk on the Steam Deck. I will do some performance tests on that because that is something that I definitely want to play uh, from be from beginning uh, to end. Um, and um, I also included uh, music in this uh, What Have You Been Playing section. And the only thing that I have on my list here is I told you guys last time that I started spinning Portal 2. Um, I have finished uh, spinning the Portal 2 uh, soundtrack, and I'm super happy with it. Um, it's just uh, it's just a fun selection, uh, not selection. It's a fun uh, mood, um, and there, there's there's you know like there's playful stuff, there's robotic you know kind of stuff. When you get to the end, you get the Jonathan Colton song. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, that's what it's like. That's what I'm counting on. Uh, that's not the name of it, but that's like what he says in the. Uh, in the uh, in the chorus, uh, but yeah, and uh, like I said last a few times, a few episodes ago, they are they've already confirmed to do a, another pressing next year, and they teased a repress of Portal One, which I don't have, so that'll be great to get a copy of that with, and that I'm sure that I'll have still alive on it. Uh, but little side note, what we did on our uh, New Year's Eve, we went and saw They Might Be Giants and Jonathan Colton uh, on on New Year's Eve. And while Jonathan Colton did not play Still Alive, he had a relatively short set, I purchased one of his records uh, while I was there, which is uh, Artificial Heart. I think it's his best album, which has the recording of Still Alive on it. So a little uh, portal connection there. Um, I would have loved to have met him, maybe get an autograph on the record. I was wondering if maybe sometimes artists will just hang out at their merch booth after their set. So I kind of went down there, but... No such luck. He ended up coming out on stage a few times with They Might Be Giants, so that's probably why I wasn't in the back schmoozing with the, uh, you know, smelly people out in the uh, crowd. But, uh, yeah, that's all the stuff I have been playing. So, uh, once again, I will kick it over to Kelsey. So we talked about Stray already. Um, my son, just today, actually, when we are recording this, he had... He's been going to an esports group after his school to play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Cool. And so I've been doing some practice with him because he had his first like uh, inter-school event today. Um, so he went to, uh, I think there were four high schools all got together and played a competitive uh, event. And it was really weird how they had it set up. So they had it in groups of three from your school. And so they would take the standings of all three players. And if you all did well enough, you'd move to the next round. Uh, so my son, he won every single round 2-0. Didn't lose a single wow. match. He did amazing. But his teammates didn't do as good, so he only got fifth place overall. He didn't get to play in the finals, even though he was like just stomping people. Maybe so, he needs to go to some standard tourneys. He does. He does. Uh, the ones that, uh, that he goes to have like college kids, so he, he does his best, but like they're really strong players so he, he places low yeah. but he learns a lot and some of them will play friendlies with him after so he can get better which i think is why he did so well at the high school level but yeah it was just a weird setup but it sounds like the next one they're gonna do because this one went well and there's a good good turnout uh they're gonna mm -hmm. do like 1v1 and not do this weird team setup so he can mm -hmm. focus on that uh so yeah that went really well so it's fun to practice with him he's gotten to the point where he can beat me more than i beat him when we sit down now which is awesome and frustrating at the same time. 
Is this the only game where that is the case? Uh, well, like Fortnite, he'd probably stomp me into the ground without mm. uh, me getting a shot off or figuring out what I'm doing. Um, I'm sure there's a few others. He, he doesn't play a lot of competitive games. The other ones he's been playing are like Pokemon and uh, that's, Minecraft, that's, that's Terraria, a good point. that kind of stuff. That, that is a good point. Like I'm trying to think of what my kids play that's competitive. And I like Smash, Mario Kart. They, yeah, they don't really play a whole lot where yeah. it's like, you know, me-verse. Uh, he's been playing some StarCraft with his cousins, so I imagine he could probably, okay. probably whip me at that now, too. The newest one, or they're like uh, back in the classics? Two, because uh, it's okay. like free-to-play with some updates and stuff. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. that's right. Yeah, so a little bit of Smash was Very not cool. a lot. Uh, just, you know, in the evening he wants to play a few matches before bedtime kind of thing. Um, I finally got back to the devil in me uh, with my buddies who we started that with uh, before Christmas and we finished it off and only two of us out of five characters survived uh, but I was one of them so thumbs up to me uh, I got my friend killed by mistake though so he was a little a little salty with me because uh, by mistake so my character everyone they're on this film crew and they've all got a job so it's like the one of them's like an audio expert so she's got a a mic she can pick up some extra sound while she's wearing headphones while you're walking around one of them's a photographer so he can take pictures of like evidence and things when he's so my my character was like the lighting and electrician so she would deal with like uh, power boxes and things try and get the lights back on that kind of stuff so the guy i was playing with uh his character was like she's he's the talent you know the pretty one uh and we had a screwdriver between the two of us and he had it and he got to decide who kept it him or me so he's like oh the electrician should have the screwdriver that just makes sense he's she's gonna have to pop open a electrical box or panel or something so he gives me the screwdriver and this is going to be a, a spoiler for the devil in me if, if you're worried about that jump ahead like two minutes um so we're in this room that's been rigged to uh we're both locked in different sides of it and there's a glass wall in the middle and it's pushing towards me and there's a button i can, if i push the button it makes the wall go the other way but the other character doesn't have a button so i i get to choose who lives or die in this situation and you have very little time to think about these decisions in these games so I'm I'm thinking I've got the screwdriver. There's the button. I'm gonna pop the panel off. I'm gonna you know do some do some rewiring and, and shut this thing down. That's my whole plan. So I I point my character at the button, and I push what I think is the screwdriver going into it. But I just push the button instead, and <laughs> just slowly watch it crush uh, my buddy on the other side, and then. I, I was really frustrated because I'm like, I, I swear I didn't try to do that. I was trying to pry the panel off. So we look it up afterwards and whoever has the screwdriver, uh, you want the wall to crush them because you use the screwdriver to like break the glass panel between you and the wall. It's just like, <laughs> to do that. So if I did nothing, we both would have been alive, but I tried to fix the situation and killed him instead. So he should have just kept the screwdriver, which we learned, which was uh, pretty funny. Come see, come saw. If you can break a glass thing with a screwdriver, I don't think it would have the structural integrity to crush a human being. Just saying. 
you don't worry about that in these kind of games. <laughs> <laughs> they they just find gruesome ways to kill people. It's uh, fine. And, and interesting ways to, uh, yeah. Just saying the logic doesn't person. hold up, but you know. I fell out of like an apartment building thinking I was dead, but she just got up and like ran away. She was fine. So it's not always uh, very realistic. Um, and lastly, I have been trying to put a lot of time in to Skyward Sword uh, over the break because I've had it borrowed from a friend for over a month now. And I'm like, I gotta, gotta let, get this beam back to them. So I finished Skyward Sword like three days ago, I think it was. Um, and man, those controls were frustrating. Mm. But then I, I, I've been trying to play on the TV but my kids have been hogging the TV a lot. So I've just been playing handheld mode. So I finally got a chance to play on the TV for like the last hour of the game. And I'm like, wow, these motion controls are actually way better than the weird stick controls that they have in the, in the handheld mm-hmm. mode. So I kind of wish I would have yeah. done more of the game that way because I got so upset with some of the boss fights and some of the, just the regular yeah. enemies that I think would have been a lot easier if I was just using the standard motion controls with it. Yeah. I know I've said it before. This was like one, like one of my favorite Zelda games. When I was playing and when I was done with this game, I was like, I think this is my favorite Zelda game. And I love some Zelda games that came before this. And it was absolutely like I had to get that. You know, it was it was like the Wii Motion Plus uh, uh, controller. And like the gold nunchuck came with the version that I got. So like it was, you know, kind of the matchy-matchy deal. But like it was really like a phenomenal experience and i've i've talked about before how like you know just changing to you know the way they mapped it to the sticks and like uh it, it's we've talked about it before so we don't have to get back into it but yeah it's it's frustrating just navigating the game and then add a boss battle on top of that where like you're you're stupidly killing yourself but not really stupidly because like the controls are just so wild so yeah congratulations getting through it with that thank you um overall it was kind of like a be careful what you wish for thing because the last zelda um the last modern zelda i played was breath of the wild and i'm like man i just want dungeons and and skyward sword's like all dungeons and i'm like wow Mm. i want a little bit of story though like there's really none (laughs) here uh like all the the promo art and stuff's got this bird and the first like hour of the game's like you gotta go save your bird like uh where is she should pick me up kind of thing so i thought the bird was gonna be like a character and a big integral part of the story but it's like no once you have it it's just Mm. it's just what you ride to go places and and you don't even know its name or anything um and there's like like i don't think i'm exaggerating there's like 10 to 15 hour dungeon sections before someone's someone like says like two lines of dialogue that move the story along and then it's like another 10 hours Mm. until something happens again and they they kind of do the thing that frustrated me in dragon quest seven where it's like oh okay i did this cool dungeon and then it's like okay you're gonna go back to it and do it a little differently and then you're gonna go back to it again and do it a little differently and they kept revisiting they had these cool locations but then they kept wearing out their welcome because i had to go back to them three or four times to like do them slightly differently yeah so i i remember reading a, a review that said they made a they made a uh they took a game that could have been great at like third, you know, 25, 30 hours and they made it okay, an okay 50 hour game or like something like that. And it was because like there's like three or four, 
not hub worlds, but like main areas that you go to several times and they're a little bit different each time. And like, I remember the first one or two, I was like, oh, this is cool. Cause like, I, I don't have to relearn the whole thing. I kind of know where everything is mm-hmm. just, Ooh, that's there now. So I got to figure a way around it. And then by the last time you go each of them, I was like, all right, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with this. This better be the last time. And it was the last time. So like, <laughs> I like, I like allowed it, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And the, like traveling between them, the flying was just like, just time consuming. It wasn't enjoyable mm. to fly. Uh, it was just something you had to do. And it was like, okay, now go back into the the maelstrom thing because you can learn the new song. And now fly all the way back to the other side of the map so you can go to the dungeon. Okay, now you got to go get the new song way at the other side of the map again. It was just like, <laughs> nothing really happens. Like there's not really bad guys attacking you. You can't... Uh, really fail like you just have to wait it out and like fly your bird there it's kind of weird i did love jumping off like things every single time i like jumped off and then like your bird you just see like the bird like swoop up with you like i did find that enjoyable every time but yeah i i think i think i have rose tinted glasses on how much i enjoyed the flying between places because of that because when I think of how much fun I had in Wind Waker sailing around, it's not the same fun as flying mm-hmm. around. Because like you said, like there's occasionally there's like a Superman 64, you know, circle you got to fly oh, yeah, through yeah. to use the example Boost. of the greatest game to ever use that mechanic. And and then sometimes there's like there's like a what would you call it? Like an upward gust yeah. where you're like, ooh, let me get that. And then like it would like kind of push you up. And sometimes there'd be speed boosts that like you'd have to, you know, kind of like there'd be one of them. And once you hit it, another one would show up. So you had to, you know, it was like not like a mini game, but it was something for you to do just as you were flying from one place to another. But it wasn't like in uh, Wind Waker where like you start sailing and like I would move the camera and just and like just everything is cool. And ooh, let's stop and go fishing. And ooh, is that a guy? You know, like there was like other things going on, but uh I, I do think it's a bit of just really wanting to love a game that I, you know, used to play and really enjoyed. The, but yeah, it's the person that I, I unfortunately this from, she loves this game. Like there's like I said, there's not mm. a lot of story, but she's like, I was bawling at the end. Like I love these characters and the story. Mm. And I'm like, wow, like that's that's really cool. But I it didn't connect with me the same way. Uh, mm. And the, the ending. the So the last boss fight, uh, there's like two two parts to it. So I did the first part, went fine, went into the second part and just kept getting thrashed. And I realized like I, because at the start of the game, they're like, here's your, your wooden shield. Like it will burn. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm Mm. never going to buy that or use that. Then I'll wait until I can get a good shield. So I've kind of forgot to use a shield the whole game. Didn't use a shield because of that. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, go, go shop, get a shield, come in to fight the last boss. So I can like deflect some of his attacks and it's like three attacks and my shield's just shattered. And I'm like, oh, it's breakable in this game? I hate that. <laughs> so I go to see what I need to do to upgrade it. And I can do most of the upgrades except for the last one with what I had. Because uh, I just you know collected everything and didn't use any of it because I, I hate crafting in games too. So then I got went and found the things I needed to do to fully upgrade the shield. And it still can break but it has a really quick uh recovery if you do the full upgrade so it wasn't too bad it was enough to get me through the last fight 
but yeah man that's a really annoying mechanic and and honestly all the upgrades like i, I messed around a little bit with them uh they're pointless by by the time <laughs> you get the item you've done the dungeon that requires the item you never need to use that item again uh there'll be like one puzzle later on where it's like you gotta shoot an arrow or you gotta lay a bomb but you don't need 50 bombs or you don't need super strong arrows like they're not helpful in any way um i really don't know what the point of them was because you can't use them on bosses because all the bosses are like specifically uh you got to fight them with the with the weapon you earned or with your sword um so that mm. it felt really weird to spend all this time collecting monster parts and bugs and things to upgrade weapons that were pointless to upgrade Yeah, I, I really don't remember the crafting, to be honest. But yeah, it doesn't sound like it uh, has a really well thought out place. Yeah, and like it was on the Wii, so that's to be uh, mm. expected for the for the era. The crafting's, you know, obviously advanced a lot. It's huge nowadays. It's in everything. Um, it's a lot more refined. It just seemed very archaic. Mm. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Just the those few games, uh, other than the NES stuff, I have to keep revisiting for the for the book writing. Ooh, that's exciting. So yeah, so when when there's one thing I I wanted to mention that I was playing with the kids that I forgot about that you reminded me of when you mentioned that your son could stop you in Fortnite, and that is um, my oldest asked me to play Fall Guys with him. And I'd kind of seen this around, oh, yeah. and I kind of knew what it was, but I'd never really played it. So I didn't realize you couldn't play on the same system. So, like, I fired up on one Xbox. Yeah. He was on the other. Just we got our headsets on. Just interrupt you really quick. We went to yeah. a friend's bachelor party, like, right after this game came out. And the whole plan was to play that together. We thought, you know, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Oh. And it's like, yeah, you can't play more than one person on a system. So we had, like six people sitting there expecting to have a fun night with it like oh what are we going to do now and we had to like change oh. our plans the, the, the only other time i remember this happening was expecting to which it has a happy ending uh was we heard worms armageddon for the dreamcast yeah. was this awesome multiplayer game so we're like all right you so we got correctly. a copy so i worked at charles s babbage's and we got it and we went and we, we had a sleepover we got some pizza and junk food and it was gonna be great and put worms in we got our four controllers plugged in we start player one has his turn we're trying to figure out how does this even work i don't know let's just you know fart around for a few games figure it out then it goes to player two's turn nothing's happening what do you mean nothing's happening <laughs> nothing's happening okay try a different controller no it doesn't work okay, i don't know what's going on <laughs> It took us so long to figure out that it's past man. the controller. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's a really cool way of only needing one controller for a turn-based four-player game okay. on a console. But yeah, us idiots couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but the good news is, at least eventually we got to play the game, right? So awesome. next, th next thing it's four in the morning and we're throwing grenades like you know, uh, over uh, mountains at each other. But anyway, yeah. So um, uh, my old my oldest asked me to play some Fall Guys with him. So we set it up on a couple TVs. Uh, you know, get the headset on, get in the party and everything. And I didn't know anything about it. So then I thought it was just like that one game, where because I don't I've seen footage of everyone kind of running as a group and like you know whoever makes it you know wins or you qualify or whatever. I didn't realize it was like a fusion frenzy, you know, Mario Party, like many many multi game you know competitive multi game type thing. So we probably played like four or five rounds of this until my wife was like, all right, it's dinner time. Like you need to stop playing fall guys. So fall guys is legit. I really like it. So I'm hoping to play more with the kids and uh, 
we we haven't done this in a while. Have like a night where uh, a bunch of uh, you know friends kind of all get on and play something. But that would be a terrific game um, if we ever wanted to have uh, a game night where people would agree to put their consoles on the internet uh, or computers on the internet because it is uh, cross uh, play. Um, I'm pretty sure I read um, between uh, console and PC if we wanted to try to set that up. I've, but yeah, I watched my son and his friend play it, and yeah, it looks like a blast. Um, so. I could probably borrow my son's friend's Xbox if we were doing that one night. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah, sorry to tack that little bit on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, and you are, uh, so, yeah, Skyward Sword. Um, yeah, I, I definitely had great memories of that. And, unfortunately, it was one that, you know, I kind of remember, like, I don't think I remembered bad things as I was playing it. It was more like you've talked about, like, you know, like the controls, um, you know, being built in, like the motion controls really are way, way better. And uh, just, you know, little things that are kind of like products of the time of the game type thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I have my good memories of it. So yeah. we'll uh, uh, pass it over to uh, to Chris. So playing, uh, playing anything interesting over there, bud? Well, so I've um, continued to play through Tactics Ogre Reborn. Um, I actually just finished my the main storyline last night, actually. Um, but I, I've mentioned this kind of in the chat and stuff. It's one of these games where it's kind of crazy how dense this, this thing is. So it's mm-hmm. like um, there's like four chapters to the game and then there's like some after you know stuff and you think oh four chapters is not really a lot right so no like every time (laughs) you think like oh okay gotta be getting towards the end there's probably wrapping some of this stuff you just like no here's all this new layers of stuff and then here we've not that like the game itself changes a whole lot but like um so one thing that's a lot different about tactics ogre is that um you can't really grind in the normal sense. So, like, wherever you're at in the story, it has this thing called union level, and that's as high as your characters can go. So, you know, like, you're at this point, and union level is 20, none of your characters can go above level 20. So, um, and getting to that level 20 is not hard. Like, it only goes up by, like, increments of, like, five levels at a time or whatever, right? Okay. And that keeps it where the battles you're in are competitive. So you don't just trash everything or whatever the case is. At least somewhat early going. And then what you do get into, like later, especially like in Chapter 4, things start to open up where they have these dungeons that are there. And especially this one called the Palace of the Dead. And it's like 100 floors of this dungeon. And the way dungeons work in Tactics Ogre is... Essentially, once you go in, um, if you leave at any time before you finish, you have to start the whole thing over again. So, essentially, load your equipment and everything and your items and make sure you're ready to go digging in one before you, you take the plunge. You can save while you're in it, but again, if you ever at some point go like, no, this is too hard, I need to get out, or I'm out of this stuff or whatever, you got to go all the way out and start all the way over again. Hmm. <clears throat> So you're going through this, and this Palace of the Dead is... The enemies start out fairly 
hard at your level. And then as you go deeper, they get even harder than that, right? To where you really have to, they, they, the way they put the play fields and things together, they really start going like, okay, you need to think about what you're doing and who you're using and what, what tactics you're putting in place. Because if you just, oh, I'm just going to take this team every time and you're going to have a tough time right they're mixing it up every battle like okay there's these units in this battle that i have to fight okay i have to bring these characters because of what this is going on in this particular case and uh, so that it gives you a lot more time to think about that strategy about what you're going to do um but it was never to a point where i was like oh dang or i would get frustrated it was just like okay let me look and think because before every battle almost every battle except for like boss and stuff you can look and see what what you're up against what's the terrain what's the enemies that you're going to be fighting etc so you're like okay uh, there's dragons on this i better drink, bring a dragoon right because they're really good against them or you know there's undead here i need to have my guys equipped so they can get kill the undead or you know whatever right and then as you're going through this this is a dungeon where you can start getting these think of it like kind of like relic items that drop and so kind of like some of the top tier gear that you can get and they'll randomly drop out of some of the enemies that are there and since this is like a lot of the top tier gear to be able to make it better like if you get multiple drops you can then go back to a shop later and like fuse them together to get better versions right so that way if you get you know four of the same sword it's not just that it's okay well i can make like one really better version of that or whatever the case is or i can spread them out do whatever i want um so i went all the way through that and there are some like the first time you go through like some story battles and it gets pretty challenging towards the end as you can imagine but i made it all the way through that one um and then but by your time you're going through and you're getting all of these this gear and like um instead of like grinding for levels what you can get is um you get these charms to manipulate your stats so you know um, a lot of times before battles it'll come up with like bonus conditions so like don't have no death like no one you know be incapacitated in this battle or whatever right use this kind of unit and then if you do those things and when you win the battle you'll get rewarded for that and a lot of times especially in palace that a lot of those are charms so those let you really start focusing in on building up characters and essentially being able to level them up without leveling them so by the time i'd run through all this 100 levels of this thing and then i go back to start kind of finishing up the regular content of the story i'm like beating the living crap out of like the end the end bosses and like the last run of stuff you're like okay i I see they were intended this to be hard but i was just like steamrolling all this stuff Mm. like this like even like the final boss i've I know really they intended bad. this to be hard. They didn't anticipate me. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those things where... So, like, you, like once you finish the game, there's, like, this coda section, right? And there's, like, extra stuff to do. And that's probably where a lot of people would go and do this Palace of the Dead stuff. But I did it before then. So, you know, my guys were kind of over-ranked, I guess, for this. But... um but it was still interesting. Like it really did some interesting and neat things. And then, um, and then you know now I'm at this coda, which is like a bunch of like after stories. But then it 
on top of that, the game has this time, like essentially time travelism. So instead of New Game Plus, what they let you do is go back and make other story choices. So you can play the other parts of the game that you didn't see and the other story paths and also recruit characters that you couldn't have recruited on your path. So now I'll be able to go back and do that. So I go through and see the other parts of the game that I couldn't do. Um, So that'll be interesting as well. And so what they, to make it fair, what they do is like when you go back to a certain point, um, like the first time you fight one of those fights, if you've never fought it before, it will like level lock your guy. So that way it's competitive. But if it's a fight you've done before, it doesn't force you to do that. Like you can turn that off and just stomp Mm. it. So that way if it's just like, mid-game story junk that you've already seen before you can just trounce through it real quick you don't have to fool with it so much but like the things that are a little more story specific okay you still get some challenge to it so um anyway i've i keep playing through that i'm having a really good time it's very system heavy and gameplay heavy so if that's the kind of thing that intrigues you it's it's there's plenty of it um if you're not that kind of person, it's probably not the one for you. So um, I, I said that before. Kelsey was like, ah, it doesn't sound like my thing. And I'm like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I bounced off it last year and listening to you talk, like nothing's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm missing something. It's like, no, I understood it right off the bat. It just wasn't grabbing me. Yeah, no, I think if you want a challenging strategy tactics games that are interesting with the good mechanics, this is right up your alley. If you want something else, like Kelsey, I could say like, okay, no, like triangle strategy is like your speed. Um, uh, and you know, if Bill was going to ask, I would say, yeah, look at triangle strategy. Maybe, um, I wouldn't anticipate that this is probably up either of your alleys, but, um, for me, I I always mention I enjoy the gameplay and the gameplay is really good. So it keeps me on the hook. So I'll continue to play through this one and probably do all the stuff that there is to do because it's um, the battles are always usually pretty interesting. And even sometimes when you're a little overpowered, sometimes that feels really good uh, just to go in and trounce some things. So I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I was playing. Like whenever I think about, oh, I should play Final Fantasy VII again, one of the things that always sticks in my mind is when you're overleveled and when you get that slash all materia maxed out to flash where you just standing there just and like everything just dies like that's really what i'm hunting for is just one hit killing everything on the screen yeah and sometimes that's very satisfying um mm. but if you're doing that in every single battle it's, it's kind of boring so i'm, I'm yeah I really want to be able to do that so they think they've done yeah. a good job um, with balancing this one you ever get really bored and for some reason want to try Bill, um, the PSP version from what I hear is very similar to this, so you could always fire that up. Okay. I, yeah, for I, sure. I don't anticipate. I, I, I actually that. do have. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, I do have Triangle Strategy on my Steam wish list oh, okay. because you know it's on the platform there. It's still you know pretty much full price because it's still relatively new uh, to the platform at least because it was it was last spring it came out and then it was October on Steam, so it's still like considered like a new release, so it's sixty bucks. Uh, but yeah, tactics. Um, it's one of those things where like 
there are plenty of games that I'll fire up for like 20 minutes to be like, oh, that's what that's about. So like there's certainly a chance that it could get fired up at some point. Yeah, you always check that one out. So um, <clears throat> they obviously made some refinements and some improvements for the newer version. But you know, if you want to get a flavor for it, yeah, there you go. Cool. As far as music goes, um, I've been in a mood where I've been listening to a lot of funk I've just been in that kind of, I need some pep and some groove and, cool. you know, so there's been a lot of Shaka Khan playing at my house. Um, uh, a lot of the older stuff with Rufus and Shaka Khan from the seventies that I've been going through and just really kind of vibing with. And, um, mm. even, I didn't even realize Shaka Khan put out an album like four years ago. So I've been listening to that, um, and I don't know. I just I really love funk music, and I love the energy that it gives and the sound. And uh, outside of that, also a lot of like some of the James Brown uh, in that funk period, where a lot of that '70s stuff's going on, a little mid '70s. Um, listen to some James Brown and just. Man, it's just great stuff. So that's kind of been up my alley, and what I've been—that's uh, what I've been listening to a lot of here lately. So, you know, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Shaka Khan is uh, or James Brown, I don't know how you don't. But yeah. <laughs> man, give us some listens, awesome stuff. You know what's funny is I have always enjoyed funk music, but I've never sought it out. Like if I was watching a movie that had something in it, it's like, oh, this is really good. But then like I wouldn't go after the album or go, you know, like find the artist or something. So like and the, and the thing is, like James Brown, like you could name like a dozen James Brown songs. I know the name Shaka Khan. I couldn't tell you like a song, you know, by by name, like what she sings. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's funny because listening to uh Rich on the con on the playcast sometimes the concert cast he talks you know like a lot of funk and a lot of that uh, you know kind of that era and it's really weird I can't think of another genre of music that I have enjoyed and then haven't been like all right let me get more into this you know let me let me look deeper into it so maybe maybe I'm due yeah I would say yeah check out obviously like James Brown a lot of that you know mid '70s stuff that he was putting out it's really uh, I mean. I some of his stuff on some of his albums is very freeform and it's very open mm -hmm. um, if you like that sort of jam uh, a lot of good a lot of good songs on there uh, uh, that you can pick from I mean you've got Spotify so you could sure yeah. or look up like probably fall, fall down <clears throat> a hole pretty easily yeah just look up uh, check out Rufus and Shaka Khan you know you'll find plenty of stuff from the 70s but I'm sure on Spotify you could probably just type in funk and you'd find yeah plenty <laughs> Um, yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of great stuff to listen to from that era, but, and there's even modern funk. You know, you can check out, there's people still in that, doing that genre. And I don't know. I just love the, I don't know. There's always like a certain level of energy to the music mm -hmm. and just like, just the groove that a lot of songs get into. I don't know. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, and you're able to like get into like that, that funk mode. Like, are you... Uh, are you a headphones yeah. uh, listener when you're doing music? Okay, yeah, because yeah, 
I know you were, uh, you know, this time of year, it's probably chilly, but I know you're a big fan of going on walks. So it's probably tricky when it's cold. So like you, you throw the headphones on and you just uh, get in a groove. Yeah, a lot of times That's I'm awesome. working, you know, I'll have stuff mm. going on in the background or sometimes at night, you know, if I'm getting an album out, um, you know, I'll put that on the record player, but I've, you know, I'll plug the headphones into the stereo because to me i mean i've got a good sound system here but i've got kids and things so exactly yeah. um and honestly i like listening to music better i like listening to music better on headphones than i do <clears throat> generally on a stereo setup simply because i really like stereo and yeah. you can really pick up anybody that does anything with stereo to me it's a lot easier with headphones than it is uh, and uh, speaker setup. So. Yeah. Awesome. Super cool. So yeah, so that gets us through the playing aspects. So now finally, we'll talk about what we've been watching. Um, so if, if we're coming back to me, uh, I was really looking forward to Glass Onion. Um, we weren't able to get to see it in the theater. It had a you know release in November into December. We waited for it to hit Netflix, and I gotta tell you, I absolutely love this movie oh, it's good. so good it's every bit as good as um uh, knives out um if like in my opinion if not better and uh like we finished it and i just looked at my wife and i was like what did you think she was like i loved it i loved it too it was so great and then like it's one of those things that like i really love uh you know callbacks right and like everything that is like said or spoken or shown or like done in the movie no matter like how you know insignificant it seems is called back to like later in the movie some sometimes with a you know dialogue line sometimes it'll actually flash back and show you and even after i've seen it i've seen some people like oh did you catch this and it's just visual and it's like oh no i didn't catch that so uh yeah really cool um i've said this before i'm kind of the perfect you know rube for someone trying to fool someone like with a movie like i never see the twist coming right so i have seen people say like oh well it was predictable and the end was you know like once you kind of figured out what was going on like you know you could see the final 30 minutes uh i didn't because uh, i'm a big dummy so like it was just like blissfully ignorant uh, for me but yeah i really 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 enjoyed it and um yeah, uh, very, i'm curious I, to, yeah, to i got to watch it too and i feel the same way i i used to try and purposely try to figure out things like that and i wasn't enjoying yeah. the movies so i've learned to just yeah. go along for the ride and like shut my brain off so yeah. i'm like you like i didn't see the twist because i wasn't looking for twists i was just like enjoying where the story was taking me and it was a lot of fun yeah. and there was yeah. uh like a change like right in the middle of the movie that i yes. totally didn't expect and i thought it was so funny and so yeah. good and then i'm like like it just caught me off guard. So the whole last half of the movie, I'm like, whoa, like what's happening now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really cool. And uh, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a, you know, it's billed as a murder mystery. So if you don't, I mean, you shouldn't know anything going in. So uh, if you, you know, and if you've seen Knives Out, you know what kind of movie it is. It's the same detective. Yeah, it's that but same, it doesn't uh, follow you know, the same format, which is cool. Like they're, they're still twisting, Not, yeah. but they're very they're done very very differently exactly and the thing is that the movie is set up as not like you know like oh there's like every other detective story there's a murder you're the best we need you to come and figure out what it was he gets invited to this uh uh you know 
you know, billionaire, you know, like tech, uh, you know, like guru, not guru, a tech giant who is having like a party with his friends, like a weekend getaway. And he's going to have like a fake murder thing and he's got to figure out like who's going to solve it. So it starts off as like not even a real thing, but then you're 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 kind of being pushed in the direction of like, ooh, but but it's going to become an actual murder and no one suspects it. And like it just goes uh, it just it's just very, very smartly done. And I didn't, you know, again, along, we were both along for the ride um, and I enjoyed it so much. And I told my mom, I was like, you guys have to watch this. It's great. And uh, they watched it and they were like, yeah, fantastic. We had a great time with it. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, highly recommended. It's on um, the only, and actually no, my, like at first, at first I said to my parents, like, you like it? And my dad's like, oh, like your, like your mom, like she, she didn't like love it. And I went to her and I was like, listen, no judgment, you know, like, but like, can I ask you why you didn't like it? And she was like, oh, I, I did like it. And I was like, well, dad said you didn't like it. And she's like, no, I just don't like Daniel Craig speaking in that foghorn leghorn <laughs> accent. And I was like, oh, that's his character. That's like kind of like what's, you know, funny and charming. And she's like, yeah, it's just I see him. I want like the James Bond, the British, you know, like the and he just has that, you know, ridiculous he, drawl he is but like way too in good a shape to be like this old detective like that that was yeah. hard to buy he's, he's a big <laughs> that, that the hat in the bathtub like yeah. had me going it was like no one and then he's playing i don't know spoilers this is not really a spoiler but like he's like playing among us with like some friends yeah. like uh, on his laptop in the beginning of it and he's like so i don't get it like we, like we like we kill someone and then we call a meeting to see who <laughs> and he's like i don't like this at all <laughs> that was kind of funny but yeah if um if i mean obviously if you've seen knives out you probably have a good idea of whether or not you'd like to see this movie but yeah it my, it was not the same old formula but i had a blast with it it was my fantastic. wife saw that it had a theatrical release so we were like really excited to go see it in the theater and then we like made plans like had a night off and then we went to go see it and they were like it was only last week it was a one week thing like to promote the movie oh. on netflix i'm like what they do that like that's so mean like it takes us a week I, yeah. to set up a babysitter and like make it a night and then we just missed the chance yeah and i think and i don't know the rules but i i think that there are movies that do theatrical releases to be oscar eligible and I don't know uh, if this is really like suspected to do well at Oscars or anything, but like I don't, yeah, that that's weird that it would only come out for like a week. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and so to uh, our our MCU update because it's been several weeks. Yeah. Um, so and you stopped, uh, finished like, rated a pivotal part last time. So crucial, yeah. yeah. So watched Infinity War. We watched Ant Man and the Wasp. We watched Endgame. And I got to tell you, like, when you start watching MCU movies with your kids chronologically from the beginning, like, you print out the checklist <laughs> and you're looking at it, like, you, there's there's just a little asterisk next to Endgame. Like, you're a little, there's a little heart around it, right? You're just, because that's the payoff for, like, the entire, it's not just the payoff for phase one or two, it's the payoff for, like, everything yeah. up to that point. And I got to tell you, like, Cause there's, you know, there's times being a parent where like something doesn't quite live up to what you thought it would be. It's still good. Cause like, you know, it's your kids and it's great, but like, you know, you give them a birthday gift and they're like, Oh, cool. You know? And you're like, Oh, you know, or, you know, something like they, you know, uh, they do really well, you know, like on, you know, in a sport or a thing and like, you, it's like, Oh, it's awesome. And they're, you know, just kind of like, Oh yeah, whatever. It's kind of cool. But this was such a good payoff. Like every single thing that happened in Endgame 
one or both of my boys, you could either audibly hear them go, (gasps) (laughs) or like they would just turn and go like eyes wide. Like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah. And then a few times, uh, you know, when everyone knows these scenes, I'm not going to, but like, you know, when circles happens, when like all like the big scenes happens, like I remember, I still hear like my son's like, and I used to really not like this uh, term, which is probably the job of older people to not like young people slang. Uh, but I never really liked this. But when my son said it, like I, it's kind of growing on me. So circles happens and my oldest kind of looks over and it's like, yo, let's go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the whole time, like it was everything that happened. It was, it was so great. So yeah, Endgame was uh, was every bit as cool as, uh, you know, the, the build up leading up to it. Uh, we thought it would be. Um, and then um, so we didn't really waste any time. I think the next night. We started Loki, and uh, when Co- me and my Co- wife started Loki, because wasn't Wandavision the first one after any? So that's was the first that was released. Um, so uh, uh, so I remember watching Wandavision first um, on this uh, printable list that we have. It had Loki listed first. I th- they they could be interchangeable. It could just be post Endgame pre I, yeah, something else. I don't else. think they really matter which one you watch first. I'm Ex- just curious. Yeah. I, Exactly. Yeah, it was just because that was next on the list. We could have we could have easily flopped them. I don't think it, it matters much. Um, so we watched Loki first, um, which uh, and a lot of this I, I didn't remember that like Loki is very short at six episodes, I think. Yeah. Then WandaVision's yeah. a bit longer at nine. So Loki didn't take long to get through. Um, uh, I and just me having a bad memory. I didn't really remember all the things like I remembered really liking Mobius and I remembered him getting pruned, but I didn't remember that pruning is not the end. It's just, you know, kind of like uh, puts you to, you know, another place, the end of time, whatever. So it just like uh, just knowing that, you know, that he's come. I, I think he's already confirmed he's coming back for Loki season two. So that's not Hopefully really a spoiler. A jet ski. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? And uh, and, and we and our kids are old enough now where we're like, hey. That's that's the voice of Lightning McQueen, and then they'll kind of listen for a minute, and they're like, "Oh yeah," so they kind of get a kick out of that stuff. But yeah, I I love that I love Mobius the character. I love Owen Wilson in general. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun to uh, uh, to get through Loki. Uh, we actually um, we asked the kids, we're like, "Hey, we'd like to take you guys to a movie." Um, it was like New Year's Day. Um, which we didn't really think through since we stayed up. We were at a concert. You know, we got home at like two in the morning uh, the night before, and then we said like, cause and we had planned like, oh, we'll go to the ten thirty showing because who wants to go to like the two thirty or three thirty showing, be done at a movie by like dinner time? Like, oh, we'll go to the ten thirty. So we, you know, that was a rough morning. Uh, but we got up, we got our coffee in us, and we told them we're like, we'll give you the choice. You want you guys want to do because they like Avatar one. Like we'll do Avatar or we'll do um, Wakanda Forever, and they chose Wakanda Forever. So we saw Wakanda Forever, which I don't want to linger on too too much, um, but I will say I wasn't like nuts about. Um, Kelsey, I remember you talking about it a bit and trying to kind of step around, you know, not spoiling too too much. And so the movie begins off like right away, like you know the king is sick, we gotta try to save him, and like they can't. So the, the beginning of the movie is he's gone off screen. 
and it's like a memorial, you know, morning celebration, you know, type thing with everyone getting together and dancing. And, you know, kind of goes from there. Um, I thought the villain, and I'm not a reader of the comics, so I don't know the history of the villain. I thought the villain was terrific. Neymar was um, great, man. Awesome. So it's, uh, the actor was great. The character was great. Um, the wings it's were not great. just like, wings were great. The, the ankles were great. It wasn't just like, I want to rule the world. Everything's bad. You're, you're super empathetic for, you know, like what they've been through. I found the first like 78% of the movie to be comically dark. I could <laughs> not see anything. Everything was dark. And then like right towards the very end, it's like, okay, like now we're in daylight. They were underwater. Um, man. There's the lights down there. They were underwater for a long, yeah, and not just underwater, but like then, like every scene was at night. Like they go to get the girl oh, yeah. in her workshop, and like that's dark, and she for some reason has like, uh, like an Iron Man esque type suit that she flies around with, and she has this really awful line where she says, "There's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to sightings of me." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, because that's how people talk." An entire YouTube channel, not like part of a YouTube channel, um, but yeah, so um. It's one of those things that, like, I didn't think I didn't like it while I was watching it. It was more like once it was over and I kind of was processing it. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, and also, like, the very beginning was was kind of cool where, like, it's like the, um, you know, what was it? Was it UN or Geneva Convention or, or something uh, in the very beginning? Yeah, that was really neat. I, like, I that wish, scene was really wish cool. There was more of that kind of, like, uh, like, I don't know like it sounds boring but like the political situation Wakanda was in was actually really interesting yeah. how that worked the, yeah, yeah the, the world the world politics and and I'm a huge fan of Richard Schiff who um, played uh, Toby Ziegler on the West Wing and he's actually I forget what character he plays but he's in God of War Ragnarok as well so when I see Richard Schiff I'm like oh cool Richard Schiff is in this, this is gonna be great and like that's the only scene he's in in the movie I think you see him one other time because um, what's her name Julia Louis um, plays a uh, Val. I can't remember the yeah uh, Val- Valentina he I think he might be in a scene with her that he doesn't speak in later on um uh it's cool that Marty Freeman was in it but he's kind of also like a side character like not as interesting as in previous uh, outings so yeah like the more I think of it the more I'm like uh like I don't know about any part of this and also I probably should have known who Black Panther was going to be and you know to be honest, if you look at a poster, you can tell who it's going to be. But like, I kind of because since they don't tell you, and since they just show you like a snip, I really went in on the premise of like, oh, like we're we're going to find out who it's going to be, and maybe it's going to be X Y Z or you know someone else. They, and they really spent early on, so much of the movie focused on the one character that like I went yeah. into the movie same thing. I'm like, well, it could be one yeah. of these like four, but like. 20 yeah. minutes in, I'm like, okay, it's obviously this person. It's obviously going to be this one. And the thing is, like, not just that they focus so much on, on one character, but one of the other main characters who I thought would be in the running, they just, like, make them act in a way that you're like, oh, there's no way. <laughs> like, they could never have it be this one. And then also, like, I don't like how, like, one of the hurdles that's overcome is just, like, ah, I, I just I must do this thing that only I can do and we're going to do it in a montage and then a montage happens and it's like I have done it. It's like that's not interesting. <laughs> so it's very much like the scene in Endgame 
when Tony's like, all right, I need to figure, I gotta out, figure time out travel. I need to figure out like time travel GPS. <gasps> I figured it out. And it's kind of done as kind of a gag. And it's done early enough in the movie that it's like, well, we needed this for the movie to move on, so it's okay. But in Black Panther, it's like the pivotal point. Now we can resolve the entire movie because I have done this thing in a montage. Yeah, I don't disagree so, yeah, with that, it's... but immediately after that part, when they're in the like spirit realm, that was really mm-hmm. a cool twist that I didn't see coming. Awesome. And awesome. The internal yep. like turmoil that stemmed from that was really cool. Absolutely. And when they come back from that and when the character that goes to the spirit realm like doesn't want to talk about it and is all angry and aggressive, I'm like, oh, no, come on. Like, you got to you got to harness this. So, like, they're, you know, again, I'm invested. There's moments in it where, like, I'm, I'm into it. But then when it's all kind of said and done, I'm like, uh, you know, what what are we doing here? So, yeah, um, probably not something I'd be excited to watch again. Um, but if for anyone who's interested, yeah, I think it's coming to Disney Plus this month. Today? Yeah, late this month or early next month. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not too far away if you want to give it a look. Um, also, uh, also watched a movie called Black Phone, which I had avoided for a while due to this subject matter. Um, I'd, I'd heard about the story. I knew about the movie. But... Just, again, because of the subject matter, I'm very sensitive to it. I didn't really want to do it. But my brother-in-law said, oh, I saw Black Phone. It's really good. And I said to him, oh, I've avoided it because of the subject matter. He's like, no, I totally get it. He's like, I still think you would like it. And I, I watched it, and I did like it very much. Um, just to give anyone a warning, it is about a person who abducts children and one of the children he abducts, there's a black phone like in the area that he's been abducted that he can speak to previous victims of this abductor. Um, so, yeah, I avoided it for a long time. Uh, but then I saw ratings. I heard, you know, things that people were like, yeah, like even though it's very, very dark, uh, it's played in a way that uh, or sorry, it's it, it plays out in a way that's very satisfying, which kind of spoiled for me that like, uh, you know, he's going to get what's coming to him. So not to spoil anything, but I will say it was a it, it was a good watch. It didn't bother me nearly as much as I, I thought it had the potential to. Um, I watched a very all over the place movie called Ambulance, which is stylized with the L.A. and Ambulance I, highlighted. That so looked like the least interesting Jake Gyllenhaal movie yep. I've ever seen a trailer for in my life. So here's the thing. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'll usually give him a shot. And I believe it's directed by Michael Bay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we got an action pedigree here. Like, let me give this a try. And there are some scenes that are kind of cool. And the other thing, too, was like, I think Michael Bay one day was like, oh, drones are really cool. Like, let's shoot like a bunch of action scenes with drones. So it's uh, most of it is shot traditionally. But then there's a handful of scenes where it's, you know, the camera's on a drone. So it's flying like under, you know, vehicles that are, you know, like, exploding or like through buildings or down a building and across the side. So it's very frantic. Um, This movie is all over the place and there's a pretty cool bank robbery scene early on in it. But then once they like escape in an ambulance, it just completely goes off the rails for me. And I, I couldn't tell you anything that happened because it was so, outlandish and like you know like well, how could there be like 900 police cars chasing an ambulance for this long like what is, what is going on in life so would not recommend sorry love you jake but this this is a stinker um 
I watched a Tarantino film that I've never seen before. Somehow it's been on my watch list for this long is a uh, Jackie Brown. Um, wow. so I will say, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's right after Pulp Fiction. It's, it's, uh, just somehow it's always kind of eluded me. Uh, and it's a lot of movies I see are kind of opportunistic. Like if they're available to stream or if I see them in a theater, so Jackie Brown has just not been available on streaming for the longest time. So we uh, uh, actually saw it at my brother-in-law's house. And I was like, oh, do you mind if I borrow this? And he's like, yeah, go for it. So grabbed it. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And uh, uh, I had forgotten that uh, De Niro's in it. He's terrific in it. Um, and it's hard not to think about De Niro being directed by Tarantino, like while you're watching it, you're like, I wonder what this, you know, young director on his second film is saying to De Niro. Right. Uh, and Bridget, um, what's her name? Uh, Bridget, uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think. Yeah. I, I, is, yeah. Um, she's awesome. Uh, especially that one scene. Um, Sam Jackson's great in everything, but there's something about the way he converses in this, like whether it's the accent or just like yeah, the little inflection. Positively. Yeah, Man, that's a great AK, line. AK-47. That's a great line. Yeah. And, and, he, and, and just he's explaining like every, you know, thing to uh, to De Niro's character. And then he like, he go, and then like she's talking, she's like, yeah, like he, he's full of it. He says that to anyone who will listen type thing. So, and I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays the bail bondsman to me like steals the movie. Yeah. He's cause I really, really love him from uh, the breaking bad and better call Saul universes. He's much older in those. He like runs the, um, the vacuum repair shop that like helps the people disappear, but he's obviously a lot younger in this, but man, he is fun. I mean, Jackie Brown's great. De Niro's great. Sam Jackson's great. Chris Tucker for how much of it he's in is fantastic, but Man, this this was this was really a great one that somehow managed to slip under, uh, you know, slip through the cracks for me for a long time. So uh, that's the bulk of what I watched. Um, I was inspired by my brother-in-law who keeps an Apple Notes file on his phone for uh, everything, every movie that he watches for the first time in a year. So he shared that with uh, with us when we saw him uh, recently, and I was like, that's a good idea. So we have a little. Apple Notes, uh, me and my wife share it. Uh, so when we watch something for the first time, we put the name of the movie and the date. Uh, the last thing that I watched is a movie from a few years back with George Clooney called Up in the Air, uh, which, again, I kind of avoided because I thought it would be like a like sad subject matter because he plays a man who is um, he works for a firm that lays people off. I remember and, this movie. Um, it's it's really good. It's really good. It's sweet. There's some, doesn't go exactly you know, kinda, the way you think it's going to go. Exactly. And the thing is, you kind of think you kind of know, Okay, some like something's going to change later on. And I think I know what it is. And it's not what you think it is in any of like the two or three changes that happen. So and, you know, I know it's it's, you know, a little bit of the pun of like, that's the name of the movie. Right. Like, you know, it's it's up in the air. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fun watch and it wasn't like sad or depressing in the way that makes you feel bad when it's over. It's like when it's over, you're just like. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, that's life. That that can happen, you know, in all those situations. And it's like, what's he been telling people? Well, you know, what have they been telling people the whole movie? Like, people are better for going through this stuff, right? So, but yeah, a few, uh, like, one of them in particular was like, ooh, that was not the way, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so that was a fun watch. So we got a handful of movies uh, already in the new year. But yeah, I was... Uh, 
yeah, Glass Onion was a was a going back to the first one I mentioned was a real real fun way to kind of kick off uh, December for us. And I'm not going to mention all the Christmas movies that we watch every year, like Miracle on 34th and Jingle All the Way and Die Hard and some others because everyone you know everyone's talking about those. This was just you know kind of the non Christmas things. So. Kick it over to Kelsey, and we'll see what's been uh, playing in the uh, the Crabbo Theater up there. Not a lot, because I've been still trying to focus on the writing. Uh, so I watched mm-hmm. Glass Onion, obviously. We talked about that already. Um, Chris mentioned last episode that he was going to start the Star Trek movies, uh, the Next Generation ones. So I recently bought the Blu-ray set, so I was like, oh, sweet. I will join him in that adventure so i watched star trek generations uh over the last week and i I think the only one of the next gen movies i'd seen before is maybe first contact when i was like 10 so i have almost no memories of it so i didn't know that this like bridged the gap between the original show and next generation i didn't know that some of that cast was in it i i really had no expectations or idea what this movie was about um, and I just watched The Next Generation for the first time like two years ago, so I'm, I'm pretty new mm. to Star Trek lore in general. Uh, so it was not a great movie, I don't think. Uh, it really <laughs> felt like an episode of the show with not that much more of a budget than the show normally does, too, and there was some weird stuff in there, like the whole uh, like Data had the emotion chip that was just like goofy and and the kind of totally different tone than the rest of the movie which is what made it feel like just an episode of the show it didn't feel like a a movie um and the whole climax and the villain and everything all felt like an episode of the show and nothing grander than that even though you know the score would have you think otherwise uh, sex you know big dramatic music playing but the stakes really didn't feel as big and the the time travel thing in the nexus was very campy and, and weird and, and uh, i didn't love it and it didn't have those moments that i loved from the show either it just mm-hmm. felt kind of inconsequential afterwards yeah i i mean skipping ahead a little bit but we both kind of agreed to watch this and talk about it a little bit <clears throat> um yeah and this was a movie that was written to pass the baton and like how can we pass a baton over 100 years or whatever right and have it make any sense <clears throat> I, I get it i i think the thing that disappoints me most is that uh they only brought back a couple of the original star trek group um I, i'm gonna guess it was either budgetary reasons which is probably what it was uh or maybe some were just like nah because i mean you only got you got kirk um you got uh, scotty, scotty and Chekhov. as they made a reference to uh the one guy's daughter was there I sulu sulu mm-hmm. it was sulu's daughter but yeah but i mean at that point in time sulu's supposed to be captain captaining his own ship so that makes sense that he wouldn't be there but i mean i don't know they could have gave us a spock or something but anyway <laughs> Anyway, well, you'll see him again soon. Anyway, I won't mention, I won't spoil too much, but uh, yeah, I, this is uh, Malcolm McDowell. I think is the bad guy. I was I was excited when I saw that in the opening credits because he's usually a really cool villain, but it was just kind of there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think they... They didn't have enough time to really develop any of his character enough, I felt like, with the, hey, we've got to remind everybody about all the other Star Trek Next Generation people. <laughs> um, yeah, I like... I really don't like the emotion stuff with Data. The whole point of Data's character is to be like a Spock, right? Is to be the that. that yeah, that's why it felt like a one-off like episode. Like there's they want to try something silly and weird with them, but it felt so out of place in the movie. Yeah, because it was like the whole kind of idea was like lore was a little like uncontrollable and all this stuff. And there's a reason they made Data the way they did and. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it's like they just wanted to do something, and yeah, it's just there's a reason Data's character was written the way Data's character was. Again, there, there has to be that logical. I mean, that was the whole point, right? But anyway, mm. um, and then like the whole like we're gonna hack Jordy's vision part, like, oh, and we've got the code, like, the harmonic frequency for their shields. Um, yeah. That was terrible. Klingons. I don't remember Klingons showing that much cleavage ever in the show, either. They were really focusing on that uh, during the... Uh, the I gotta movie. watch this now. <laughs> I, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I, I haven't... I haven't seen Generations in Generations. Um, I do remember, like, in the trailer with the passing of the baton, it was like the line was like, Oh, I was, you know, like out in space when your grandfather was in diapers. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder how they're going to even have this scene. And then of course, you know, like the time travel stuff. But yeah, I have very little recollection of this movie. Um, I'm a big fan of first contact and looking at the other ones, I don't remember too much about insurrection. And I, I do remember nemesis as being like Tom Hardy, but yeah, it's, um, I don't, I don't know, like generations. I don't, I remember, like you said, it was the passing of the baton. I don't remember there only being a few of the old... So who was there besides um, Shatner? It, it was just Scotty, Scotty and Chekhov. Ah, and they're only bad. in it for a couple minutes at the start. Yeah, and they're kind of in this like... And even like the, like, oh, Kirk's dead. I mean, it was even kind of like, oh, what? Oh, okay. Cut away. Yeah, Chekhov <laughs> really didn't seem to care. Scotty, you know... Had, well, had I don't... Chekhov didn't but... know, because... Scotty didn't tell him that it was Kirk. That's true. He just said somebody died. Yeah, he didn't clue him in on who. Right, but then, like, mm. there didn't even get to be any wrap-up, like, grieving or anything. Because they didn't have time to fit it in the movie. It was... Yeah, it was kind of a... It, it, it did the Skyward Sword thing, too, where it's like, we have this whole weird scene on the mountain with the with the missile and stuff and then they're like okay let's do it again but with a twist now and it was boring the first time and we had to watch it a second time yeah and the uh, i just like that shield harmonics bit so bad because you're like if that was real then every time you were in a battle you would just keep tweaking your harmonics until their shield didn't work anymore right i mean like this is dumb yeah. that's what i do <laughs> and you know what's funny? Just looking at, uh, I just popped up a list of like the next gen films to make sure I wasn't missing one. Uh, I'm just looking at the wiki page. I didn't realize that Jonathan Frakes uh, directed First Contact and Insurrection. And I clicked on his name just to see if this was like, you know, like a one or two off. He directed like 70 episodes oh, of the yeah, TV yeah, series, did, too. He did a lot of directing during the last half of it. I did not know he was, uh, had, had director chops. So good for I him. I think he did some of Picard, too. 
But uh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's kind of those movies that had to exist. But yeah. yeah, it's things go in better places from here. So cool. Yeah, glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> not always in better places, but at least <laughs> in the next film, so, it goes in better places. But but so so Kelsey, you said you've think you've seen First Contact, but you were very young and have very little recollection yeah, my, of my it. My grandfather so. was a big. He got me into like Star Wars and Back to the Future and stuff when I was a kid. And he was a big Star Trek fan too. So I remember him taking me mm-hmm. to one of the movies, and I think it was probably First Contact. But I had no. That was maybe the first Star Trek thing I'd ever seen in my life. So I had no concept of who any of these people were or what anyone was doing so it didn't really mean anything to me at the time gotcha so so this next time you watch it it's gonna feel brand new with maybe like I a few so. yeah. you know tinges of memories in it yeah it's it's I, I i had a friend i've probably told this story before back in episode 32 uh but i had a friend that i worked at uh at charles s babbage's and he was a big uh uh, Star Trek guy and we were just talking about it one day and I'm like yeah I never really I'm not against it I just never really got into any of the new stuff and it's like I don't know where did you, you know like do you go back and watch all of next gen like how do you even get in and then he would like he was kind of hearing me go through this and he was like say no more he's like what are you doing you know like whatever this night so he was like alright I'll bring the movie so a few friends come over and he brings first contact and he was like he's like this just get ready like you don't really need to know anything going in uh, you know, you're familiar with some of the characters. Great, but you know, not really necessary, but yeah, I watched first contact with them and it was fantastic. And it's, it's still something that I go back to and watch uh, from time to time. So, uh, it's that. one of those things that w- when it's really good, when, when it's good, it's really good. And you just hope that you'll have those moments in some of these, you know, things that have been released since then. So, so uh, when did but yeah. generations come out in relation to the next gen TV show? It was there. after the show was over, I think by a few years. Oh, wow. I don't remember the exact, <clears throat> but yeah. yeah. It came out in 94, Generations did. When did that the show end? That movie came out in 1994. It feels so yep. much older than that. Yeah. Yeah. Late, late, almost 1995. Uh, it was like November. It was like maybe between like seasons one and two or something. Like it seems so much earlier. No, I think it's right uh, after not- the run or not like a year or two after the run was over. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, they, they they were rapid fire for a bit. It was so Generations 94, First Contact 96, Insurrection 98. So every two years. And then there was a little bit more of a gap. Uh, Nemesis was 2002. And I do remember seeing Nemesis in the theater. And I remember that scene from Nemesis in the trailer where, uh, you know, a character is like you know jumping like floating out in space and you're like oh is this character gonna die and like yeah that's the you're, one you're of like, the I've seen last Jedi. main things I know in that movie fine. yeah exactly yeah just put your arm out and <laughs> there's no force in star trek <laughs> you'll be good until q shows but up yeah, and no. then there's no rules so yeah this is cool that uh that you're enjoying the uh well maybe not so far but that you're experiencing a uh, star trek yeah i love next generation so one bad movie is not going to put me off from trying some more of these because i i really really got into the show awesome movies to me are kind of like the other star trek movies right it's like like half half good half meh yeah i have no expectations going in so hopefully i will be pleasantly surprised a couple times and that'll be wonderful yeah, because you watched, well, you already watched, like, all you watched uh, Next Generation and Deep, Deep Space Nine, right? I started Deep Space Nine, but I didn't get very far. I only got a couple episodes into it. 
I feel like if I if I really just slammed through that first season, I would probably get really into it after that. But it's it's a rough start. Yeah, it it's yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, yeah, but did you watch Picard? I watched the first season and it didn't hit with me, so I didn't bother going any further than that. Watch season two. I would, I would, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, I watched the first, I want to say, two episodes of Picard. Star Trek Generations. So yeah, I, you know, things will, things will pick up, Kelsey. But uh, yeah. So sorry. Go ahead with what else you've been watching. No, I think that. Uh, uh, so I think that. I, uh, that, uh, Kelsey, that unless there's something yeah, that just the two movies. Awesome. It's been a been a light, uh, light couple of weeks. Oh, okay, very good. So, yeah. um, and then Chris, looking at your notes here, looks like we get to talk more about Star Trek Generations. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're okay. You know, that's where enough where we overlap yeah. um, about about the film. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. It, it it falls in this weird period of time where you kind of see it in some of the later like standard, like some of them didn't get a great budget, and it was kind of just done. But yeah, I kind of like what you're talking about going into first contact coming up. I think we'll have a good time with a couple films. Um, I finally caught up with everyone else and jumped on the bullet train train. Um, yeah. So uh, let me hear it. I actually watched it again. Wow, you watched Cause, it again? Cause, yeah, because because my wife was like, "Would you like? Was it good? In, was you know? Would you watch it again?" I was like, "Do you want to watch it?" And we watched it. Yeah, we watched it again. Um. The right man. The writing was the star of the show, right? I, it was very Tarantino esque, if that's a thing. Sure. Yeah, parts with of it, the yeah. with the banter and the weird like little cuts off to like that whole thing with like the guy like the Mexican guy. I can't remember his name now. It was like the ghost or the whatever he was, right? <clears throat> that got killed very quickly uh but they like had that whole backstory piece and everything and that just was mm-hmm. very kind of reminded me of um some of the other stuff that was in there but <clears throat> no it was uh, it was very interesting the way it all kind of flowed together and yeah I, I kind of going back to what you guys had talked about before with brad pitt's character kind of being like this weird um yeah, like he calls himself unlucky, but really, that's the whole shtick, right? Like he's the ladybug, yeah. and he really he Extremely is lucky. lucky. Yeah, like he has like perfect luck uh, <laughs> through the whole thing, which obviously gets him through all this stuff. Um, and the gal that has supposedly the perfect luck, obviously in the end, not so much. Um, Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the big bad to be, um, you know, uh, General Zod. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good old MS. Yeah, he's awesome. I love him. Yeah, I just um, not at all what I would have expected from that character. Mm-hmm. And um, was good and interesting, except for the very end. The very end of him. <laughs> not so good but i think everything else held up really well not the good the banner was good the characters were really good um you and you like and enjoy okay most of them obviously i think the ones that you mm-hmm. don't enjoy you're probably not meant to right like uh right like yeah. a girl 
Um, yeah, Joey King, Joey <sighs> King's character. Yeah, for sure. I think that's probably just that's the whole point. You're not really supposed to like her anyway. And I think right. some of the other assassins, to me, almost died too fast. Right. Totally. Like, yeah, the um, uh, like the one I don't, I don't know her, uh, the actress's name. And I, I can't think of her name in the movie now, but the one who, you know, gets the, the like syringe. Like the killer bee or whatever uh, she was, right? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Like, and there was the stick with her, you know, using the same insult over and over again, which I, I never, you know, really think that's funny. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's just like crude for the sake of being crude. But like Brad's reaction to her, like going through that, he's like, oh, like, are you okay? Like, I'm sorry. Like, do you want some water? Like that, like, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so that interaction was great. But yeah, some of the, like you said, some of the the assassins, um, like, um, uh, and the um uh the lemon and tangerine were like you know i could watch an entire movie of like just them and i i love the the interactions i love how uh uh he worked thomas the tank like into like his philosophy like of and i hadn't i hadn't thought about thomas the tank and, and just diesels in general in the longest time it was like you're a, i'm not a diesel I'm like, oh yeah, like the diesels were like my the, son like was the big... so into Thomas, so that brought back a lot of memories too. I'm like, I know yeah. all, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know what he means, yeah. And but yeah, you're right. Like the because like there's like the the Asian dude who's like the well, there's like this, there's all these characters, not just assassins, but there's all these characters that like end up dying, like 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 early, like they they get introduced, they kind of get brought into the thing, and then pff, dead. And sometimes it's for comedy. Sometimes it's just to, you know, to keep you guessing like, oh, you never know who's going to die, you know. But uh, but yeah, like it kind of got you like, OK, like whatever, I guess, you know, I guess we're doing that again, you know. So uh, but yeah, it's um, I, I really, really, really enjoyed certain aspects. And uh, um, Ivan spoiled who, you know, the handler ends up being at the very end. But I got to tell you, I it's such an odd pairing to me, Brad Pitt and this person. I've never it's it's so weird. Like, I don't even think of them living on the same planet together because, like, I've never seen them in anything. I've never thought of them. They just did another movie together, uh, that romantic comedy with Channing Tatum. I don't know which one Uh, that is. It just came out. What the heck was it called? I watched it and it was actually really funny. Uh, Magic Mike (laughs) 3? No. Um sec you keep talking on the yeah. and i'm not saying it's a it's bad pairing or they have bad City. chemistry the last oh, okay yeah i've i heard of the movie i didn't realize uh that uh Brad's in that it, they were in and that he is amazing you should watch it for okay. just for that and, and Channing tatum okay. and, and uh, sandra look are very funny together gotcha yeah it's it's just one of these weird things where it's like oh man like i just it's it was jarring for me like seeing them together it was like uh it was just weird, but from, uh, from my understanding, I also, I, both of them did all these movies like Bullet Train and Lost City because they're small roles. They did them as favors yeah. to each other. They're like, "Hey, will you be in my movie? We don't have money to pay gotcha. you. Yeah, if you come yeah. be in my movie, I don't have money to pay you." That's funny. So, 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 Chris, um, did you make it? So, obviously, you made it through the whole movie. Did you watch? It's not really a post-credit scene. It's like a mid-credit scene. Did you stay? for that no i didn't know there was anything else. so um there's a so so joey king's character who you know 
if you don't want spoilers, you have three, two, one to turn the thing off. So Joey King's character who gets like, you know, like with the truck. Yeah. Um, so you, do you know who is driving the truck? No. So so there's like a mid credit scene <laughs> that like shows like um, uh, uh the, the the black assassin like in like the lemon uh, tangerine uh, duo who like like he fell off the train right so he like swims to shore like fights his way he like lemon right yeah it was lemon and he sees a tangerine truck and he's like oh for tangerine so it's him uh, driving a tangerine truck into her I noticed you, it was a tangerine to wait truck. for the I noticed that. Yeah, so it's hit, it's it's Lemon driving, which I thought was so cool. And then like it's not post, it's like mid credits. That scene happens, and then the credits continue. So it's like they wanted people like half walking out of the theater to be like, oh wait, what's going on? So if you happen to just pop it up on stream and just to see that scene, it was pretty funny. I hate that thing now where I have to guess if I have to sit through credits anymore. They at least just should have so, a thing that goes, hey, just hang out for a second. Yep. So so they have it or something similar to it on Disney Plus. Like if you're watching an MCU thing or anything with a with a credit scene, so the credits will start and there's a little like button at the bottom that says skip credits. If you hit skip credits and there is a mid credit or post credit scene, it will skip to that scene. Okay, well it didn't on this. So on uh, so Disney Plus. So this okay, is Netflix. Well, sorry, yeah, Netflix, I'm, I'm just saying so like yeah, so it's it's hopefully other guys will catch up will catch on to this, but yeah, like I'll be I'll be, we'll watch MCU stuff with the kids, and the kids will be like skip credits, and I'm like no, like there's so, I want there's something I want you to see, and they're like yeah, like the skip credits button will take you to it, and I was like oh, it does, so so yeah, so yeah, glad glad you uh, got on the bullet train with us and uh, had a had a had a good time. That was an enjoyable flick. Um, I kind of I enjoyed it for what it was, and exactly. strangely for assassin movies, um, I also watched John Wick, which I <laughs> I um I really didn't know anything about John Wick. I mean, obviously, then people just talked about being an action flick forever and ever, and mm. people talk a lot about it. So I'm like, okay, but they added the John Wick collection to HBO Max. All right, I'll fire it up, see what the hype's all about. And um, also a movie about a bunch of assassins. So how uh, how strange the tie-in there. But uh, like, has everybody got this on the brain? Do you want to <laughs> hang out in a hotel for a couple hours or a train? Yeah, I guess, right? Um, but it's strange to me, like, through both of these, like, who sits around and thinks that, like, assassins have some secret clubs where they all hang out? Or something, right? There's got to be something deeper, some big underground. Yeah, like I, I, I'm with you on that. It even takes me back to like No More Heroes, right? Where there was like a ladder of assassins yeah, you had to climb, like right? I mean, they're, it's obviously each one gets a little more ridiculous than the last two. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there must be some trope I've missed out on from some old stuff somewhere. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I probably don't need to say anything about John Wick. I'm sure anybody that's listening to this probably is like, oh, yeah, duh, you haven't watched John Wick yet. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, watching through it, and the action was really well done. It kind of doesn't make any sense at all at the very beginning when they, like, all the bad things happen to John Wick. 
And then, like, yeah. instantly he's not going to let any of that happen ever again. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. I'll let it go. It's for the plot devices, right? Um, yep. uh, and, yeah, if you just want to watch a lot of dudes get get the beat down on them, uh, John Wick is the movie for you. Yeah. And uh, so, do you, are you are you excited to uh, d- does no? So I should say, does this make you excited at all to move on to John Wick two and three? I will watch them. I think Kelsey said like uh, you know they kind of eh, this way a little bit. So they're not bad. Yeah. yeah, they're just like each one's just slightly worse than the one before it. Not worse, just like I, less I, interesting. I, I would agree with that story wise. There are action and fight sequences in each one that are worth watching. Totally. So, like you said, like for what they are, they're definitely worth the watch. Yeah, for those kind of movies, I don't really expect anything cerebral. I mean, I'm watching an action you're, flick. You're going in with the right mindset. You'll have fun. The, the yep. opening of yes. two is amazing. Opening of both two mm. and three is really good. They start off strong and then they kind of get less strong as they go on. But. I, I can imagine, like, how much... That's what I'm saying. Like, how much can you do the same shtick? Eventually, it's going to start to kind of fall yeah, apart. Well, at least one more. Four they, is supposed to come they, out in a couple months. Yeah, yeah, they can do it enough that four is out on March 24th. It's on my calendar. Well, I don't know. There's, like, <laughs> what, seven Rocky movies or something? So, yeah. I mean, you know. Oh, more than that now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, like, legit if you count Creed, Rocky. If you count Creed... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, now, <laughs> so yeah so five six seven yeah i think there's eight is there right like actual rocky and movies I, yeah the creeds are rocky movies too right you, you count those no i don't I rocky's in those. the first one or two right they're, but they're not about rocky but anyway yeah so it's but, five rocky rocky but yeah i'll have to look anyway doesn't matter um yeah no i'll watch it because i'm sure it'll be fun and like i said sometimes you're in the mood for just i just want to turn something on and turn my brain off and just have a good time and that's yep. perfect for those kind of things. Uh, I don't need to get, I don't need to like be deeply scratching my head and involved in every movie I ever watch. That would probably get really old. So sometimes I just want to have fun. And uh, I, although it did make me pause for a little bit, uh, and I don't know what you guys think about this, because at some point in time I went, I wonder if like I had a counter of how many guys. He's killed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, we're probably talking past dozens, right? Yeah. Like, we're probably oh, yeah. talking like 50, 60 guys he's killed at yeah. some point yeah. in time. And you're kind of going, I don't know. What does this say? It always reminds me of a line in the Schwarzenegger classic, <laughs> Last Action Hero, where you get to the reality where, like, uh, the movie's premiering, you know, and Schwarzenegger is there and he's doing an interview and he's talking about how like much less violent this movie is than the last one. And you assume he's referring to Terminator 2 because that was the last movie like before. I think the last movie before this came out and he legit says in this interview, he's like, oh, like it's, it, there's there's much less violence in this movie. In the last movie, we killed 247 people and this movie, we only killed 78 people. <laughs> And at some point you think, like, it's awesome that there's someone at the studios, some intern, they're like, hey, get us the numbers. How many guys yeah. we kill in that movie? I remember and then someone has there to... was, I haven't checked it in years, so I don't know if it still exists, but there was a website called moviebodycounts.com 
Oh, and that's great. I was always, uh, <laughs> I really loved the movie Equilibrium, and Christian Bale had one of the highest counts on that website, so I kept checking it every year or two that's to right. see who passed him. That's a great movie with um, Sean Bean yeah. and, um, yeah, was it was it Tay Diggs? Yeah, yeah. Yep, man, that I, I haven't thought about that in a while. That's with Guntana, right? Yeah, Gun. Good. Yeah. I haven't seen that, and I'll have to Gunkata. movie body Gunkata. counts. Gunkata, sorry, yep. So yeah, the movie body count does look like it's still in existence. Yeah. So that's a interesting so yeah, uh, reference material side for you. There. you. Can see where John Wick ranks but, in there. And and one more thing I got to mention, and this is so stupid, Chris. You're gonna like just send me a Picard facepalm like in the mail. This is so dumb. One of my favorite, like, stupid time-wasting, like, little videos, someone re-edited the first, like, major fight scene in John Wick where, like, they're, like, in his house and, like, he, like, kills all of them. They, it's, like, it's, like, the first fight in John Wick, but, like, every time someone, like, gets shot, kicks, dies, whatever, it's replaced with a, uh audio of Michael Jackson. <laughs> so it's just lots of ow, ow, hee, hee, like throughout the whole fight. And it's so <laughs> stupid, but I can't help but laugh every time I watch it. I will send you the link and you will send me a postcard of Picard face palming <laughs> because it's so dumb. Okay. But I love it. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I it does make me pause sometimes, though, to go I, maybe to do some introspection about myself and maybe our society about how, man, just you can mass murder people and this it's good it's mm. good it's fine <laughs> we don't ask any questions uh i don't know i don't know but anyway we won't go deep too, too deep down that rabbit hole right now mm. um but man we are a very violent species let's just say that um anyway though that's all i've been watching yeah. <laughs> well cool yeah so um i've uh i that's one of the things that i'm working on is watching uh you know watching more movies like i said my my brother-in-law inspired me with his iphone notes so uh hopefully we'll have uh, a good list of movies to talk about as we kind of keep going through this so so that gets us through what we've all been doing picking up playing listening to watching so uh we'll get to the main topic here which uh probably won't be too super long because we're going to be talking about our new year's gaming resolutions um, and if you guys will allow me just a moment for a uh, stupid dad joke uh, that I've been using forever and ever. Uh, back when I was a PC guy, uh, my New Year's gaming resolutions were usually 1280 by 1024 because we use those <laughs> nice CRT flat NEC monitors. So uh, we've kind of upped it to uh, 4K in these days, um, but uh, uh, it never hurts to go back down to those 640 by 480s. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're an arcade bro, those were down at 320, right? Yeah. 320 interlace. Yeah, or like 240p for old consoles. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I I appreciate you guys letting me uh, uh, add a stupid thing about uh, screen resolutions in there. Um, so uh, I will mention we did talk about doing potentially doing a Game of the Year episode, um, but since... I don't really play very many current releases. Um, I was joking with Kelsey that it would just end up being another Final Fantasy VI episode because it was the probably the best game I played all year um, and the, the one I played the most and the one I enjoyed. Uh, so we thought we'd just talk about kind of you know new year, um, new and you know whether or not you call it a resolution. 
it's just kind of typically a time that people like reset, whether it's like their health, whether it's, you know, like, okay, I'm going to diet better, whether it's like, all right, I'm going to clean the house and make sure, you know, get on a rhythm or, you know, like whatever the case is, whenever that number kind of flips over, it's like a, it's like a chance to, you know, kind of change something up. So we thought we might uh, talk about uh, New Year's resolutions as they pertain to gaming. Um, so I guess we'll just start with uh, uh, the quick question uh, to Chris. Are you the type of person who typically makes a New Year's resolution every year, or is it not something that, that you normally think about? No, that's not me at all. In mm-hmm. fact, a funny little story. <clears throat> um, a buddy of mine, I didn't have to work on Monday, and he's like, hey, you want to go catch some lunch? Yeah, okay, let's go hit the pizza place. And so you know, we pull into the parking lot of the pizza place, and it's packed. And we're like, it's like lunchtime on a Monday. Like, why are all these people here? We go in, and there's not very many people on the beach. Like, what the heck? Oh, there's one of those, like, 24-hour fitness, like, self-serve places right next door. Yeah, we figured it out. So all those resolution people, they were working their brains out. We were over there enjoying some pizza. So that's me. Now I've... Yep. (laughs) That's not... I don't... I don't tend to make my life changes on on the whim of a day like that. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, Kel, have, are you the, are you typically a New Year's resolution guy or not really? No, never. Uh, same as Chris. If if it drives my wife nuts some days because like uh, like I'll, I'll start doing something in the middle of December and she's like, why don't you just wait till January first? I'm like, because I want this change to happen now. Like, why would I wait yeah. for this arbitrary day? But I do when when I was more active on RF Gen and they do like the the gaming like collecting ones. I did put some thought into those and it was just nice to like have a focused goal for the year. It'd be like, hey, I want to you know mm. get like fifty more Dreamcast games this year or something. So I do sometimes make like collecting or gaming goals, but not like personal life goals. Gotcha. Yeah, and and to be honest, even though this was you know like my topic and my kind of like uh you know turn to to do the show and kind of idea to come up with. I'm usually not a new year's resolution guy either. And I don't, I don't make them. I don't think about them going through the year. I don't, at the end of the year, I don't think back, Oh, did I, did I stick to my resolution or not? If something kind of has to be done, it's like, all right, like, let's do this. Um, if anything, there's some things require a little bit of prep. So, you know, like you, and, and everyone's different. Some people, they are, are tactile and they really like having a checklist. Like my wife, Real like Those are the best. she's yeah. not she she's not a lazy person but if there's not a checklist she just her brain finds it hard to stay on top of like the cleaning things that have to be done so like just adding like a clipboard with a checklist man like she walks by it and she sees it and she's like okay and like something in her brain wants to check that box so bad and she you know so she goes and she does the thing. List. Yeah, just feel, feels good. We we all we're all collectors. We like checking things off, uh, yeah. checking boxes off. So like, at, so like, so like I started to say, sometimes it's like, okay, this change has to be made. Okay, a little bit of prep. Get some checklists, or you know, you got to get some supplies, or you got to make a plan. You can't just so it's, you can't always jump in. But yeah, I'm the same thing. I'm like, if we need to, you know, I don't know whatever the thing is, we need to stop spending so much money on garbage because it's going to make us poor and take things away from our kids in seven months we're going <laughs> to stop spending money on garbage, you know so yeah. 
so if so again, if something needs to be done, we don't. But at the same time, I do still think there's something where you know, like the year turns over and it's like ah, new year, and you just think, you know, what can I improve that I have not already? And to me, there's always things in my habits that could be better. Like even if I'm working out regularly, I'm like, well, I am. But, you know, I always had the intention of doing two a days, you know, like do something before work and then, you know, uh, do something in the second part of the day. So I do still think there's always room to, uh, you know, kind of put improvement in there, even though I'm also not a, a New Year's res guy. Um, uh, so s- the next question is probably not going to, you know, go anywhere because since we aren't the type of people that really make them, going to ask have you ever had a new year's resolution you know uh, based on gaming or not and how did it go but it doesn't sound like we do that so even though you guys have uh, are not new year's resolutions people now forgetting new year's resolutions do you remember the last time that you said you know this habit that i have around gaming is maybe something that i want to tweak or something that i want to change Forgetting New Year's, have you? Do you can you think of a time when you kind of tweaked a gaming habit for uh, for some reason for uh, your own sanity? Start with uh, start with Chris. You got anything that's popping into your head? So everything else in life is so goals driven that I kind of keep gaming as the place where I don't have to do any of that. So that makes sense. <clears throat> like yeah. this is my little place to go away to and i don't want to make lists or or feel like i have to do certain things um Mm. i want it to be you guys can't see but behind him there's a big whiteboard that has all the elden ring builds and he's checking them off (laughs) 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 but you know that that's has to be a place where I can go because you know, like work, right? Work is all about goals and checklists and getting things done. And home, mm. a lot of times, is about. I mean, that's what you got to do. And to have a place where mm. you can just go, like, nah, I'll just do whatever I want, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a nice to have a small piece of freedom in there. Yeah. So it's like a like true escape for you, and like uh, any any. So it's not even like pressure, but does any like structure kind of add uh, pressure to that? If you're like, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it like this. And, you know, th- that that, that kind of pulls you out of your, your escape place. You know, the only thing I would think of like as back in the day, you know, when you would rent games or borrow games, you would feel like that time pressure, like, all right, hurry up and beat this thing <laughs> or whatever, because it's going to go back. <clears throat> now I don't have to do that anymore. I mean, I guess I kind of felt a little bit like that with some of the Game Pass stuff when that was when I had Game Pass because you were kind of mm-hmm. on the clock. But honestly, I don't like that. Right? I don't, I don't yeah. want that. that, that yeah. I, I want to. That's a really good point. Yeah. I just want to be able to with, go with like because mm, now or you know I, I feel it now. Maybe I don't feel it tomorrow. Maybe I don't feel it next week. Yeah, I I remember. Feel, or I think I would feel that way with Game Pass or any gaming service if I was like paying like a high upfront like or not upfront if I was paying like a high monthly cost like month to month like if I was paying you know 18 20 25 bucks a month like monthly you would 
be paying that every month and you'd be thinking, man, like I got to use this or like, like, what am I even doing? Right. So I, and I, I remember talking to Rich about this. I think I'm pretty sure it was Rich a while ago. And he was talking about, uh, cause I was talking about destiny, you know, as I used to do very much, I still haven't really played it very much lately. Looking forward to the new game uh, next month, but just haven't played it much lately. Um, and he was like, yeah, man, like I, I wasn't trying to convince him to play it, but we were just talking about MMOs type games in general. And he was like, yeah, man, I got, I got pretty deep into world of Warcraft and I didn't like the person that I was. So I just, I pulled out of it and that's, you know, I'm happy to be out of it. I'm like, good for you, man. That's great. And I, and we had that conversation where I was like, and don't you feel like, you know, since you're paying that money, that it's like, well, I'm paying the money for this game. I got to play this game and not like anything else. Right. And he was like, no, it was only like 10 bucks. Like I didn't really think about, you know, like, cause 10 bucks is like whatever. But like in my mind, maybe because I'm so cheap or poor <laughs> or a combination of both, like when there's money going out every month and I'm not like utilizing that thing, my brain's like, you, you either need to use that thing or stop paying for that thing, right? So it's it's interesting you mentioned Game Pass like that because the reason why I think I'm not, uh, you know, attacking Game Pass games all the time is because I found a smoking deal. I've got like three years prepaid for a small amount of money, and I don't think about it. I have I have it for three years. If we happen to see something on it that looks awesome, we'll get it and we'll play it. And also in my head. The fact that the kids will just jump on, find a cool thing they want to play, and play it, even if I'm not playing it, I feel like the house is getting the value out of it. But that's it's a really good point um, uh, that you bring up for uh, you know just feeling pressure around you know your your gaming time. Yeah, I mean, so. I I kind of remember. I mean, I felt that way when I had because <clears throat> that's basically how I got mine. I was like, I paid a dollar to upgrade several years of service. <clears throat> I didn't worry about yep. it a whole lot. But I remember as it started ticking down and I was getting close to the end of it and I'm like, well, crap, if I want to play any of this stuff, I mean, I'm going to like stomp through it. And then I just kind of went, yeah, nah, I'm just going to let it go. Um, and I'm, fine. I'm so, I'm so over the, the FOMO feeling where though this is ending soon or like here's a limited event in the game. And even like in destiny where I used to be like, oh, you know, even though it's just a cosmetic, it's a, it's a fun thing to play. And like, oh, I'll look at it. I'm to the point where like. Oh, leaving Game Pass soon. Leaving Game Pass soon might as well be telling me this game's not available anymore because <laughs> I'm not downloading something and rushing, you know, like through something in like a week or something. So, uh, so yeah, we got a little little Game Pass tangent there, but that's cool. Um, so Kelsey, let me uh, uh, make sure we don't forget you. Same question. So not a if if not a New Year's resolution, has there ever been a change that you noticed needed to be made in your around your gaming habits that you said oh, okay i think this can be a positive change and and how did it work out for you if you did yeah i like i've been pretty goal driven with like when i was playing through the nes library um but like when i started that it was like first i want to beat 100 games in 100 days can i do that and then the goal was uh can i beat the hardest games and what are those and then I just started making silly goals after that. I was like, I'm going to play the expensive games. I'm going to play the games based on movie <laughs> licenses. Uh, let's do comic book movies. And, and it was easier to play chunks of the library rather than go, oh, I got 700 games to go. But it was like, oh, I got 50 mm. games that are based on movies. And I got, you know, I want to play a bunch of shoot 'em ups this week. And, and breaking them down into smaller goals really helped. Um, so this year, actually, like when you brought up the the topic i was like what are my goals this year 
what do I want to do? So I, I definitely, I've been saying this for a while, I want to downsize my collection. So I'm trying to make that a priority. So I've linked, because eBay is stupid now, so I've linked it to my uh, bank account because I can't use my PayPal account anymore as a seller. And then I, I went to put some stuff on there and they've got limits on them now too. It's like you can only sell 100 items or $5,000, whichever happens first, and then you're capped. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why would you mm-hmm. cap what a person could sell on you? I don't get it. So... I don't know what will go on eBay and what will go through Facebook and Twitter or whatever else, but I'm going to try and downsize very significantly this year. Um, I I want to get this book finished. I'm, I've got 76 games, I think, as of this recording, left to revisit, um, which I, I think I can get through in the next two weeks. I was hoping to have it done in the first two weeks of January, but I had a, a really busier weekend than I intended, so I'm a little behind on that. Uh, but once that's done, I, I fully intended to play through Turbo Graphics last year, but then this book thing kind of took over. So I'd like to get back to playing through the Turbo Graphics library, um, which I only got five or six games into last year, and then got sidetracked with this. And I just I like having new experiences too. So I thought it would be fun this year to start a new JRPG series that I have never touched before. Um, so I'm going to talk to some friends, see if anyone wants to start something with me, but I've, I've been messing around with maybe doing one of the Ease games or uh, Wild Arms, Breath of Fire, uh, maybe Tales game, something like that, that I've just been neglecting for a long time. I would like to give one of those series a try. Awesome. Yeah. So you kind of, kind of went to the, uh, uh, straight through the New Year's resolutions, which is awesome. Um, so I've got a few that uh, I'm going to share as well. But I just have a, a question about um, when you say uh, so, and, and you've done this before. Obviously, you have friends that you play certain types of games with, whether alongside or you know passing controllers around, Worms Armageddon style. <laughs> um, so when you when you talk about doing a new game, you say oh, I want to see if. So when you say uh, you know see if anyone wants to start something, um, are you talking you know? come over and play the game with you yes. or you know like okay yeah because so like, i didn't know if you were talking about like having like you know a group of people online like all play through and have like almost I'm like a gaming club always happy thing. to do that too like when we played through final fantasy 6 together last year that was awesome i'd be thrilled to do something like that again uh but no i specifically talking like i've got my one friend i, I usually play jrpgs with here um mm. and we're just probably two more sessions three more we'll finish dragon quest uh heroes 2 and then I don't know what we're starting after that. We have to figure it out. Maybe another Shimagami game or something. Uh, and then Mike, like we played through the Lufia games last year, which was awesome. Those have been on my uh, want to check off list for a long time. So, you know, we haven't really uh, made plans this year yet, but I'm sure we'll hit something else like that at some point. How about the Shining games? Um, I've played a few Shining games and I have very much enjoyed them. Um, so that that wouldn't count as something I haven't touched before because I've, oh. I've played it. I've played a few because uh, there's a lot of different uh, flavors of Shining games. So I've I think I've sampled each different kind, uh, and they're all great. So I I do intend to play more of them at some point. So because I'm the dummy uh, when it comes to these type of things, am I to understand that? All these shining video games with different types of names are all somehow related to each other. Well, well, not, I mean, not story-wise. 
Okay. It's like it's the, the same style. I don't even know if that's the right word. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the early ones are all developed by Camelot. So that's the, okay. that's the unifying piece. Interesting. Um, I think some of the later ones are developed by some other people, but I never really played some like the PS2 and stuff and that stuff. I never got that far. Yeah. Yeah. Like I did did not realize. Like some of them are tactics games, some of them are action RPGs, some of them are Zelda clones, some of them are dungeon crawlers. Yep. Uh, they're they're really wow. all over the place. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. No, I honestly had no idea. I, I figured you know you had your shining forces and your shining sagas uh, and if you have you know. the chance to play shining wisdom the saturn game it is one of the mm-hmm. best legend of zelda clones i've ever played it's it's really okay cool. awesome yeah that's i will add it to my note right here if if you're looking for like a link to the past style game like that's that's one of the better ones very cool yeah no and and to be honest i don't know how many of that type of game, you know, besides Link to the Past that I played, so and if you're looking for always looking for a dungeon crawler, I mean, Shining the Holy Ark was yeah pretty I was good. Say that too, Holy Ark's really cool dungeon crawler. Well, that is awesome, and those, so yeah, so those are some good resolutions, and it sounds like you're you're already well on your way, and these are all things that you've got experience with, so you're probably comfortable, you know, following through. Um, are these um, are these things that you look back on, you know, like uh, throughout the year or like you kind of, you know, follow like a, I know for like the NES stuff, you probably have like your checklist and your, your, your progress is kind of tracked. So this is all stuff that's probably just like built into your routine by now at this point. Yeah. The NES, uh, I had a, like a Google doc that had the games. I, when every time I, I beat one, I would put it down like, you know, this is number 343 put the put mm. the game down and then underneath that it had a list of all the games remaining so i'd have to go into there and then take it off there so it was really fun <laughs> to see the one list overtake the other one because at one point it was like oh this is overwhelming and it's like no i'm halfway there and then the other one would just get smaller and smaller uh, so it was it was good motivation and yeah. like with the turbo graphics library being so much smaller just looking at it i'm like pa. 90 96 games like this is nothing yeah. like i don't i don't need that kind of dedication for it because it's such a smaller goal mm-hmm. no i've i've always loved making lists uh like like forever like i've got so many just rando google sheets oh, yeah. uh over the years that i go back to and i'm like what did i i like started it like for 10 minutes and i never went back to it. I'm like delete delete <laughs> But like, I'll have a thought, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's a good idea." And then I'll go make a list, right? Every time I hear so, about yeah. a cool sci-fi movie, I have a Google Doc. I pull up, and I'm like, "Ooh, add that to the list. I gotta find that one." Yeah, yeah. I I do tend to overlist, which is one of my uh, things I'm working on. But uh, when you, it's funny when you said, you know, one list getting bigger and the other one, you know, getting smaller. So I didn't have them in the same doc, but I have my, you know, game collection. Obviously, it's tracked on RF Gen. So I'll go there and I'll add a hockey game to it. And then I'll go to my Wild Bill 52 hockey game hit list and I delete it from there. So it's cool seeing the collection yeah. go up and then the the, the the hit list going down like that. And uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this because they didn't actually show up, but a buddy of mine was just out game hunting and he pinged me and he's like, hey, let me know if you're looking for something. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, hockey games. And uh, he had never really, you know, been 
hunting for me before, so he didn't really know this. So I, I sent him the whole Google Doc. And at the first place he went to, he's like, yeah, they have these three. And I said, you check if they're complete. One was missing a manual, so but he picked up two of them for me for a pretty decent price. I'm like, hey, that's that's cool. And then it was um, it just happened to be uh, one of them was the last game on the N64. And one of them was one of the last games. No, uh, one of them was the last game on the OG Xbox. I think it was one of the hits games that I needed. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it's always awesome to get some hockey games. It's, it's starting to get tight now where it's only like the brand new hockey games that come out or like the ones that are tough to find. But yeah, I, I am a sucker for, for a good list or not even a good list, just any list. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, yes, yeah, so those, those are some good reses. Um, so, uh, so Chris, uh, if, if you have nothing, uh, if you have no resolutions to, uh, <laughs> to share with the group, uh, which is great, honestly, to 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 be to know, you know, and be and be that, you know, kind of comfortable and confident in what your gaming time is and means to you. It's got to it's got to be very uh, peaceful uh, uh, for you not to have anything kind of it's it's interesting when you say, you know, like the structure of work, the structure of home Um and it's weird because I don't really I don't see that structure as stressful uh, in gaming, but I definitely see how it could be like the same way how, you know, you don't want the thing that it like, you know, kind of like brings you joy. Like you don't want that to be the thing you're like doing all day for work and then come home and like do that same thing, you know, like. But yeah, so. Uh, so, yeah. So my um, so if we're going to skip right to mine, I've got several that I want to go through and I'd be curious about your guys comments. So one of them is one that uh, Kelsey um, already mentioned. So downsize in the collection. My collection is not nearly as massive uh, as as Kelsey's is. I've already gone through several downsizing um, phases, I guess you might say, where, you know, you kind of go through and you're like, keep the stuff you really love or really want, really have when you're a kid and kind of get rid of the stuff that doesn't matter. Or you decide, you know, I finished this subset that I was going after and, you know, maybe it's time to let someone else have it. So I've gone through that several times, you know, kind of just, you know, solidifying like the core of my collection over and over again. So I've got my hockey games, which I have no plans to get rid of. I got the big box PC games, which I really, really love. It, like what I really have always loved about the collection is just to be able to stand in front of it and look at it and feel happy, feel joy. Think of the stories where you got these things of people you met. And it's a lot like gaming where if I like turn on a game and start playing it, I'm not having fun. I'm like, all right, off, done. I'm not going to, you know, not have fun and do this. It's the same thing with stuff I've collected where if I look at a thing and it's like, you know, I don't have any feelings attached to it. I don't like the game. You know, it's not, you know, doesn't fulfill like any kind of particular, you know, emotion that I'm looking to get like out of having it like I don't like you know immediately get rid of it but like in my head I'm like all right you know that's that that's that's on the block you know like that's something that could be like traded or sold or whatever so I really have gotten to the point where my collection really doesn't have any of that stuff or at least I didn't think it did um so I've got some uh, expenses uh coming up that are that aren't totally unexpected but kind of got pushed forward um you know uh more than I I kind of thought they would be. I've told these guys uh what that expense is but uh, I'll wait to tell you guys until it kind of becomes more of a reality but um just knowing that I have that expense coming I'm like all right you know like what can I kind of move here so I'm looking at my collection and 
I'm not going to move the hockey games, the big box PC games. I have no plans on moving the 32X stuff, even though the prices have kind of gone bonkers, um, with a big reason of that being um, how many of my friends at RFGen contributed to uh, to that uh, collection, uh, especially in the form of uh, Web of Fire. So that's not going anywhere. I'm like, well, what's left? And I kind of look over to the NES era uh, uh, section that I, re- I haven't touched in a long time. I was a big, big, big fan and uh, was really trying to collect all the Konami Silverbox games for a long time. I loved having them. I loved, you know, randomly pulling one down and like popping one in the in the console and playing it. It has been a long, long, long time since I did that. And while there's still like a lot of fun to look at with this expense coming in, it's it's kind of like one of those times where I'm like, you know, this was awesome. I had a lot of fun with it. A lot of memories, a lot of cool, you know, like games in here. But I think it may be time to move the uh, the Konami Silverbox collection. It's so time to let someone else capture Carmen San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in time. Uh, and it's funny because I'm glad I got to uh, help you with uh, identifying that book because I remember you were like, so it's not like any kind of branded oh Konami Carmen book? I had like really grand uh, ideas of what that book was. It was just like a regular old encyclopedia at <laughs> the time. Almanac, yeah, yeah. And I sent you like, yeah, sent you some, it was probably one that they were able to get like, you know, in bulk for a decent price. And I found the, uh, what's that number of books have like the IBSN, ISBN. And, um, I threw that in Amazon and I said, I was like, yeah, this is the book that's in there. It's just yeah. like whatever year's almanac it was, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, uh, so, uh, I shared it with the guys in the discord, a few of the guys in the discord, the, the. Uh, Collectorcast Discord, so I'll be sending them some pics. Um, I'll be listing them some other places as well soon. And uh, yeah, just a uh, time to, and I'm, I'm honestly thinking, I can't think of another kind of like high ish dollar value, you know, like area of my collection that I could move, except for I do have a whole bunch of system boxes. But I'll be honest, the last time I tried to sell system boxes, I found it very difficult, even at what I thought were decent prices. And I think people are, you know, skittish of shipping a little bit, maybe, oh, yeah. especially, you know, something that big. So uh, maybe the next time um, I'm able to set up at a retro world, you know, bring some boxes that way someone could walk with one. So who knows? So, yeah. So downsize the collection, which is uh, something that uh, Kelsey mentioned as well, kind of put some of that money into some other uh, things that will hopefully bring joy into uh, into the life. Um, the the gaming one uh that i first one that i always and i've said this one before it's not really a new new year's resolution i always say i want to finish what i start and i've added a little piece to that so finish what i start and enjoy uh which i've talked about you know if you start just because you start something you know that sunk cost uh, fallacy like don't think you have to keep playing it but i i made a list here of games that i have started and enjoyed and have not finished that i think about uh, so a game on this list last year would have been Final Fantasy VI, so I'm happy to be able to cross that off. But S- Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. as much as I enjoy that game, I did not get all the way through and it, and like, part of my brain was... I want to talk to you about that story. It's, it's Yeah. <laughs> and part of my brain was like, they're going to keep upgrading it, they're going to keep making fixes, so like, okay, next time there's another patch, I'll play a little more, and then I'll play more... And it just kind of fell off like it does with so many things I play. Another one is Transistor by Supergiant oh, Games that, that I 
that I enjoy while, while I didn't enjoy the game as much as I did the atmosphere and the music, I still wanted to, you know, play more of it. And I didn't metal gear solid five put a good amount of time into that. And I just couldn't bring myself to continue when I got to a point where I wasn't feeling like I understood what was going on instead of, you know, kind of figured it out or go to YouTube. I kind of stopped. I loved guacamole one. I started Guacamelee 2 and I was really enjoying it and I don't know what happened just something else. like I'm like a bird with something shiny like it's I just get distracted and this one's so I I guess you'd have to consider this a JRPG I, well actually you guys can correct me I don't want to I don't want I'm not the authority there is an RPG by a company or sorry that I played a release that was released by a company called Working Designs on the PlayStation 1 I really, really liked this game a lot, and I can hear the music in my head. I can see it. I can see some of the enemies. I, I kind of have a feeling of like how far I got, and I just same thing. I've said it before. I just stopped playing it, and I would really like to maybe go back and play this game. And this is a game called Alundra. Yeah, Alundra is a JRPG. It's, it's in the it's like an action RPG kind. It's in the Landstalker series. So funny thing, I didn't know it had anything to do with Landstalker so my brother's playing Landstalker on Genesis when we're kids and he's fighting a bubble and I've played Alundra and I fight bubbles and I'm like wait a minute is Alundra Landstalker so I didn't know that there was like a direct connection ooh yeah there's you're blowing my mind now Landstalker Lady Stalker which I don't think we got and then yeah Alundra and then Rainbow Islands and Parasol Stars mm. no (laughs) <laughs> no bub and bob. So this is just a, so this is just a small list of games that I've you know again started and enjoyed and did not finish. So re- I've I've said this before. So finish what I start and that I enjoy. So I, I've kind of taken what's on my plate right now. I've got The Last of Us Two. I'm going to finish that game. The next one after that is is God of War. I'm playing Final Fantasy Four on the Steam Deck. I am going to finish it. I'm not sure what the next game is going to be. And I know and I know I kind of uh, back myself into a corner with this because I really should just play one thing and finish <laughs> that thing and it would be easier. The problem is sometimes I'm not near my PlayStation, but I have my Steam Deck or like I'll be at a place where I can play the Steam Deck. It- or like like Kelsey said, the kids are on the TV, so I had to do something else. It totally so- makes sense to have a few games on the go if they're on different platforms. Right. I can't do that. So that's so Yeah, and and that's the thing like like there's a part of my brain that I think that works against. So I'm going to try my very best to make an effort to stay with one game no matter what is going on with the exception of the occasional uh I'll do some leveling up or something on Steam Deck real quick because I can fire up, you know, Final Fantasy and get some levels. Otherwise, if I'm in a situation where I can't play the game that I'm working on, like kids are on the TV or something like that, all right, I shall read Heat 2 for a little while, <laughs> and I shall play the game later, you know? So I'm going to really try to stay focused. Um, this one is more of uh, along the lines of everything, not just gaming, but it applies to gaming too, and it's kind of what I just said. Do not take on too many projects at a time. It's another thing that I'm guilty of. You guys know my personality. It's something that I'll, I'll take on things even when I'm, like, you know, drowning. Like, I'm drowning, and I'm like, can I have a drink of water, please? So um, uh, this is home projects. This is extracurriculars. This is, you know, and you got to remember the kids always have things going on. So 
I'm really very, very careful about projects they take on. So I'm trying to think of gaming in that same sense where uh, I'm not going to turn down the opportunity to get Ragnarok because I know I'm going to play it. But it doesn't mean I have to start it because I've got a game on the platform that I've started. So those are kind of just uh, uh, the main ones that I that I thought of um, when I uh, was kind of getting this list together. So uh, wanted to. So if, if you guys have any comments or thoughts on those, or if you've dealt with any of those situations that I'm talking about before, and you have any you know advice besides what I'm already trying to impose on myself, I'd love to hear your thoughts. No, I mean I I see where you're coming from there. I. I... I can't do the, I'm going to start this game over here and that game over there. And I'm just not that kind of person. I, I, I've got to focus right. on this one thing. And when I'm done with this thing, I'll go to, the, to me, in my mind, that'd be like trying to read three books at the same time. Right. I wouldn't keep, <laughs> wouldn't keep anything straight. I wouldn't know what was going on. So, um, to me, yeah, focusing just makes sense. I mean, to a degree, maybe if you have one of those just goofball, like, oh, this one is just like, oh, a, a, space, a spaceship guys. shooting game or something, right? Oh, I can play it yep. for 20 minutes. I don't care yeah. what happens in it. Um, but right. <clears throat> anything that you have to pay attention to or you have to learn mechanics in, Oof. that sounds rough. Um, yeah. But I, I see where it's coming from in terms of, like, deciding a, like, I, I can get this thing, but that doesn't mean I have to start it, right? Like, that's why when we back and forth like God of War, I'm like, I mean, you know, if you don't want it, I'll take. It. I'm not gonna play it right now, and that's why if you would rather have it digitally, I, I don't care. I can wait until GameFly is selling up for thirty dollars. It's probably about when I want to play it anyway. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, if you see a good deal, sometimes it's fine, but that doesn't mean you have to stick your hands in it right this minute. Um, I, yeah. FOMO can be rough. Uh, that's the tough part sometimes with some of these limited run games and like that whole mm, Final yeah. Fantasy pixel remaster debacle um, that came up. Oh, yeah, with the physical. Yeah, that's right. We just talking about that recently. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of stuff, you know, kind of sucks. Um, but, I mean, that's very rare. Very few and far between. And I'm guessing you're not. I just... I don't buy those stuff anyway it's you so it doesn't really matter the, yeah the those are once in a blue moon most of the limited run type uh, uh purchases that i make are records yeah like uh like kelsey said they're gonna be a vinyl release um or if it was like you know just a favorite you know like there, it hasn't actually happened yet like i've had some friend i have a friend the one who got me that the hockey games actually that i just mentioned one of his favorite series of all time is Monkey Island. So like that, like Insano Monkey Island collector edition, he's like, I have to get it. Like that's like the childhood, you know, like game. So, and he doesn't get all of the $300, you know, limited run collections, but he's like, I'm, I, I just got to get this sure. one. Right. So, um, I, I very rarely feel that. Um, I kind of jokingly said that to my wife when the Jedi survivor, collector edition was like posted oh, that's on the, the lightsaber run. yeah i showed it to her and i was like you know because I, I mean lightsaber you know like you go to disney world every you know few years like you can get a lightsaber you know they're a few hundred bucks right but ooh, cal kestis i don't know like are they gonna have that lightsaber so i showed it to her and i was like hey father's day is coming up and she's like yeah fat chance <laughs> so 
but yeah, it was, it was mainly a joke. But yeah, it's um, uh, there's it's very rare that I see like a limited thing. The only other one was um, we I was at Retro World uh just this past year, and what are they called? Um, it's not limited run. It was super rare. S- uh, something super super limited or super special reserve there's a bunch of them now. uh yeah so they're the I, I feel bad because i talked to the guy for a bit and he was awesome so the game if you know me was super blood hockey for the switch oh, yeah yeah you talked about that yeah <clears throat> so yeah it talks about so um they had put it out it like i couldn't find it forever i had um uh i had um you know, join their mailing list, you know, see if they, so like long story short, premium edition, that's who it was, uh, premium edition games. So, um, they, they had it on the, t- like they checked in and I was like, Oh, you guys do uh, super blood hockey. I've been on your waiting list. And they're like, Oh, like we have them at the table here. And I was like, Adam, take over for a minute. So like went over to the table and they had it and they had like the, the retro edition upgrade, which is like, a slip cover and like a little comment, like just like a, some extra stuff, like the, I think the soundtrack CD. And I talked to him, I was like, so where do these come from? And they're like, oh, they're like extras in case we have to replace copies, but we take them to conventions and we sell them. And so I bought one cause I was going to buy one. And I went, I told Chris about it and I showed it to him and he's like, oh, it's like a lot like ice hockey where there's like the skinny guy, the fat guy, you put your team together and stuff like that. But there's also the added story that like, you're trying to like, you know, like, make a hockey team and like you know like sell your so like you can like buy your injured player like a new kidney or something i can't remember the story but uh i showed chris and then he went to the table and they were like yeah like there's like three left and like these are the only ones that are in existence and he's like well then i have to get it so that was the only time that i was going to get it either way but that was the only time that even if i was on the fence if they were like yeah like this is it like i would have grabbed it but uh but yeah it's um it's one of those things where, like you, like I think that it would do me a lot of good if I focused more and just said, no, this is the game I'm playing, and I put the effort in, and like you know, I waited till I was done with that game, and maybe I, I can make more of an effort. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where I do kind of, you know, jump around a bit. So I would say. Maybe that's something that I'll focus on a little but bit. But it's for enjoyment, right? And if you enjoy yeah. the bouncing around and that works for you, it's fine. Doesn't doesn't mean what well, I works for me works for you. It's just enjoy your time. Don't if it has to be like sweating it and thinking too hard about it. Don't. Right. Why? Don't. No, yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing. Like it's 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 never stressful when I'm doing it. It's just like looking back and it's like, oh man. I started these games that I loved and I didn't finish them. Like I'm doing myself a disservice. So I just like in my head, I'm like, all right, make some time to get back to those. But it's like, if I just finished them in the first place since I was having fun, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not, you know, too concerned about it. It's just kind of, you know, the little tweaks that can maybe make some differences there. So, so, uh, haven't heard from Kelsey in a little bit. Kelsey, do you have? Uh, would you, Would you like to judge me and my awful habits no, for a little bit? Um, when you're doing, or when I'm doing multiple games, uh, I kind of fall in between you guys. Like I think two is my maximum, and one of them has to be okay. like an RPG, like something long, and mm. not like Chris said, where you have to like learn a specific control method, because um, my other game is going to be something faster, more action paced, and that's mm. going to take more. Um, 
quick thinking and on the ball reactions and I, I don't feel like I could do that in two different places at once but yeah like you said going to Final Fantasy 4 to like grind while you're you can't have access to your cyberpunk or something for a while like that makes a lot of sense to me that's how I like to juggle a couple games yeah for sure and that's and that's usually what it is like I won't get into like you know Final Fantasy 4 and Chrono Trigger <laughs> you know like something yeah. like that it would be like one would be like an RPG and the other would be like platform you yeah, know like just something like if you do two RPGs, it's like these characters like start to blend together and the storylines yeah. and stuff and they're just they're too too many similarities but yeah if you can right. if there's a big enough divide between them um it's a lot of fun to do that awesome so yeah so like i said that's that's uh you know all i had for my resolutions i think uh, uh kelsey's got some good ones there you um, actually Chris... to you reminded me of one oh. more that i've, I've oh yeah absolutely go for it um is I've, I've been listening to a lot of the they create worlds uh podcasts uh which is just mm. gaming history and like it, it's painfully dry detail but i find it very interesting um but it just keeps reminding me especially the last few episodes that i've listened to how little pc gaming i've i've hit uh so there's a lot of old computer games that i would like to play and last year we talked about maybe doing wasteland and that's yeah. that's been scratching in the back of my mind for a while so i might bug you guys in a month or two and see if we can uh get going on that and maybe set up a time this year to play some wasteland or like the fallout games just were on epic i'm really excited about those uh that'd be another cool one to, to try out yeah, no, for sure. And and you mentioned before, and I didn't uh, take the opportunity to echo your thoughts. Like I had an uh, absolute blast, uh, you know, playing through those. You know, obviously six for the first time for me. I know you were playing it again. Uh, both you guys were, so uh, it was awesome to kind of get to you know. And that's that's kind of the thing too with with the. It's not so much FOMO that like oh like if I don't buy this game now I won't get to play it. There is something to be said about playing a new hot game when it's new and hot with all the people who are also playing it. And I felt it more when I was like working retail because like everyone who was working in the video game section, like everyone was playing Red Dead or everyone was playing, you know, whatever like the new hotness was. And there's absolutely nothing wrong being like, yeah, you know, I'm going to wait a little while, you know, wait for the price to come down. I'm working on some other stuff. But yeah, it sounds awesome. And that's kind of like how I've been forever. But like, you know, you're outside of that conversation you know yeah. like trying to avoid spoilers and you know but yeah there's so there's something really cool about you know once you've kind of gotten to the point in your life where it's like all right this is the time for me to play this game it's really cool to have you know any number of other uh, people like especially you know good friends uh, playing through a game like that with you so that's a super cool thing to do so I would uh, absolutely uh, uh, jump at uh, the chance to play through like you said, the wasteland or the fallouts or, you know, anything that we all have access to that we could all kind of chat about as we go through it. So, yeah, but yeah, so that was, um, that was it for me. That was, I think it for, uh, for Kelsey with the uh, last minute edition there. And, uh, Chris already being perfect is just going to continue his stress-free, uh, relationship with gaming and we will all aspire to be more like him. Uh, that's Aspire with a Y, uh, the, like the gaming company. Um, so, yeah, unless you guys have anything you want to add, uh, Chris, uh, Kelsey, jump in if you uh, have anything that you want to throw in here. But uh, like always, we want to thank our patrons again. 
If you'd like to uh, become one of uh, those uh, beautiful people, you can jump over to patreon.com slash collectorcast. And uh, Chris, you want to uh, add yeah, something? Yeah, just when we're talking about our patrons, I want to say, you know, um, two of our patrons have recently gone, undergone some minor surgery. So, um, A, um, <clears throat> one of the stories touched me a little bit that uh, one of our patrons mm-hmm. was listening to the show when they were doing their, you know, getting ready <laughs> to go in. And that, I mean, that really, I think if you like us being a part of your life enough, to put us in that position, um, that means a lot, you know. Um, and, uh, and we had another one that just shared that they went through a surgery recently, and we're all getting a little older. We're all getting through some things. So um, I hope everybody's doing well, and uh, everybody that went through some stuff that you're on the mend. Absolutely. Yeah. Glad that everyone uh, is recovering well and hope you continue to recover well and i'm glad that we could be there with you by your side in our audio form um so uh yep that's all i got um so uh again thanks everyone for listening and we will be talking with you all very soon